Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 130 of the F Reality Podcast. I just want to show that I have a longer breath than Mike, so uh, that's why I did it a little bit longer. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe on our YouTube channel or smash that like button. Don't just hit it. That is lame. You need to smash it because that will really help us out. If you have any questions, comments or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat and we'll try to answer them as many question, questions as we can. Now it's time for me to introduce all of you to the team. Well, I mean, like, like part of it, because unfortunately this week, half of the podcast has been forced to drop out for today. Luckily for all of you, the more interesting half is still here. Yeah! <laughs> Hashtag Android, screw you, Apple! <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is going to be our show now. It's going to be our hard show. Hard show, hard show. All right, all right, here we, here we go. I, I, I worked a lot on these introductions, finally. <laughs> First, if you ever find yourself stuck in a zombie apocalypse, you'll be happy to have this guy as your wingman. With an arsenal of weapons at his sides, this guy never loses his drive. It's none other than me, Rowdy. Yeah, screw you, Zimdok. <laughs> <laughs> I played Saints and Sinners as well, and I wanted to go first. <laughs> nice, nice. Anyway, and then next, sometimes, you know, you find yourself looking at something after which you decide, okay, that, that's enough internet for today. And yesterday was such a moment when I tuned into this guy's live streaming, showing that he is the main reason why in the 60s nobody cut their hair, causing all of the hippies to thrive. It's our favorite hairdresser, Zimtok5. <laughs> you, you tricky prankster fecker. <laughs> I love it. That was beautiful. You made the first one rhyme with my name and everything. <laughs> but hey, hey, that was lovely. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yesterday was. How you doing, dude? How yesterday you doing? was. Yesterday was weird, man. Yesterday was weird. <laughs> this is weird. This is weird. Like I realized, you know, around the world, like we've got all this like cancellations and stuff. People get nervous about the virus and stuff. And uh, you know, it's like, oh, that's canceled. That's canceled. Well, this feckin' show ain't bloody canceled. <laughs> uh, we're just downgraded now to a romantic Skype call, so I figured, you know, hey, I'd I'd dress up for it because you know, you know, not all heroes wear capes, uh, but yeah, some heroes true. wear capes. Some some do, <laughs> and, and and just so people know, like uh, like both Nathy or Mike, as far as we know, are not dying. No. Uh, they are very much alive. Uh, unfortunately. They just couldn't join today. I think Mike is buying a puppy, isn't he? Mike is picking up a puppy, and we have a picture of that cute, adorable little pooch uh, on screen now. Um, this oh. is from when Mike and his wife got the chance to actually hang out with the pup for the first time. And he's taking a long drive, I hear, to pick this little toodle up. And, and the best part is that the puppy's going to live in his office for the next couple of days, and he's on his own for, like, the whole day with the puppy, which is why he couldn't join the show. Um, which I think, if you've ever been alone with a dog, I remember us getting a boxer, a puppy boxer, right? And a cute little thing. Uh, don't imagine Mike Tyson. I mean, boxer, the dog type. Um, and this dog, like, my parents trapped it in my room because it was whining, and I was like, hey, you know, okay, fine. I was, like, so excited because I was like, I get to have the puppy. 
<laughs> until I started to hear the most bassy, horrible noises that you've ever heard uttered. And this is when the dog, the, the darkness was like, the room was completely pitch dark. We'd had a little box in the corner for the dog. I'd heard all those horrible noises. I called out, I'm like, Mom, Mom, something's wrong. And she comes in, <laughs> turns on the light. The dog has shit all over my room. All these brown pools of, like, doggy oh. diarrhea. So I can only imagine that Mike's green screen may... Uh, be in for a bit of a treatment. Uh, so get that uh, get that cleaning brush ready, Mike. You might it, need it. Not, not just say that, but when we got our first dog back in my parents' place, I had like a rehearsal room where I practiced a lot with the band. Yeah. But uh, there were like carpets on the floor. So the dog loved like just like, you know, rolling itself into that carpet and like just like laying on a carpet because the floor was cold. And one day we were like rehearsing. I was like, what does that smell like? You know, like somebody, somebody has been farting in this room like without me knowing like, oh, it was awful. And after like two hours, like everyone was like, yeah, like I didn't fart. Like who, who's doing this? Who is doing this? And then we realized that the dog like had like pretty much like shat like behind like one of the like amplifiers. Oh, no. And like the amplifier began like vibrating and like the poop was like, oh, it was, it was <laughs> gross. It was but this gross. Is, this is like the, this is the, this is the introduction to family life. Like, I mean, you can be single, you can be a couple and like those those are relatively non-complex equations. But when you add anything else to that mix, life gets messy. And, and like, I look forward to hearing the war stories from Mike. I really do. So I wish him the best <laughs> with his little pup. Um, and, uh, yeah, it looks like he looked like they picked a, a cockapoo, I think, is what they got. Uh, which I, is, I have no idea. I don't know what it is. He looks like a cockapoo. That's all I'm going to say, you know. Yeah. The dog <laughs> and Mike, but, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well... We got a fun show for everyone out there today. We're going to be talking about the XR2 reference design from Qualcomm, the acquisition of Sansaru games, a new title that is coming from Oculus Studios, and we also have some hot releases that have been prepared for you by my partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, we'll also be giving our thoughts on the cancellations due to concerns regarding COVID-19. Bye-bye monetization. How long? How long have we been in? Three minutes? Yeah, three minutes in and I figured with that with that thumbnail, we weren't going to get monetized anyway. So, you know, fuck it, embrace it. You yeah. know, COVID, COVID, Corona, blah. Yeah, there you go. All right. But first, let's talk about the highlights of our week and starting with <laughs> ZimTalk 5. Ah, oh, shit. It's my, I never thought it was going to be me. I'm so lucky. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you for picking me. I feel, I feel great about this. <laughs> right. So, um, highlight of the week, uh, this one, I, uh, I beat saints and sinners. Finally beat saints. And I know <laughs> that was like, that was, that was definitely the pinnacle of my week because, and I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to describe the, the game in the best way that I, I found possible which is I feel like it's a really good, like, medium-rare burger. Like, you have the beginning bit, which you're chewing through, and you're like, I like it. And you get to the meaty bit, and you're like, that's amazing. Unless you're a vegetarian, in which case, you know, maybe Saints and Sinners isn't for you. <laughs> and then you get to the end bit, and it kind of finishes off nicely. Um, but I have a... And I'm not even going to go into the gripes of the game that I have. I, I have loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it start to finish. And I think there's so little to complain about. Um, the package for me from start to finish is like my second favorite all time VR game because it, it behind Skyrim, of course, because that's behind my, Skyrim. I, I was, I was going to ask if it was Asgard's Wrath, but Asgard's that's not is in, next in my that's, list. That's you, third, then. I've only, I've only done. So, I mean, Asgard's is incredible. Like people have been asking me like, what's the best looking VR game? Uh, and a lot of people, um, 
have, have been saying like Lone Echo, like the detail in Lone Echo, the single player title mm-hmm. um, is really good. But like if you play Asgard's and let me just say there's a reason it's 130 gigabytes, like those textures, the fidelity, even the first bridge that you walk across. Mm-hmm. I am slack jawed in so few things in VR. Like I've seen it quite a bit at this stage, right? I'm almost at a thousand I, I games. That, I think the reason why a lot of people say that it's like Lone Echo is has a lot to do with like the facial animations. Yeah. Because like when I think about, I mean, it was one of the earlier titles as well. So it was like one of the first one that had that like graphical fidelity. So I think it like sticks a bit longer as well. But just like seeing like your Liv, it was Liv, right? Liv's face and yeah. how how human she was. That was really uh, almost scary in a way that like, you know, you could do something like that in virtual reality. So yeah, I, I mean, do I- get why people say that that is good looking. Like the environments Same. are less, like definitely Asgard's Red, Asgard's Red wins there, like hands down. Exactly. Uh, but in like facial animations, Lone Echo. Nah, yeah, and I, so so Asgard's Wrath, like it depends if you want to be led by the nose or not, right? So like mm. for me, I I tend to, I tend to like games where you get to choose your own path, like you get to go in the window or you know go in quiet or go in going hard, all that kind of stuff. Like, and I, I find that the replayability aspect of all the different towns that you, um, or the city locations that you, you go into in Louisiana in Saints and Sinners, it just makes me want to play the game again and again. Like I, I would absolutely consider playing the game from scratch. And I do that with almost nothing. Um, like the achievement system makes you pining for those things and the secrets and then unlocking. I'm not even, again, I don't want to spoil any of it for anybody. So all I can say is, it's got the highest accolades for me. I think that the the fact that it doesn't tether you, it doesn't like say, no, you can't do that. It, you can just do the crazy stuff that mm. you want to do. I've seen your lovely, you know, gifts or, <laughs> or, or little videos where you're doing all your crazy, like comedic puppeteering. I mean, it's it's not a puppy a puppet game, Rowdy. It's a, it's not just for puppets, but you, you take that to like the nth degree. And it, it's really funny because like people can do what they want in the game. But the story and the voice acting and the weapons and even the base that they give you, the secrets, the unlockables, the environment, the way, the small details of like looking at the pond, like the swampy pond water and the way they've done like the translucency and the like in the murky depth of that, just the small tiny details. Like they put a lot of work into that game. There's so much polish. And um, so Saints and Sinners finishing that was like, it's like, a good thing and a bad thing uh, because uh, I didn't want to finish. You know, when you finish a good book, I didn't want yeah. to finish it. I didn't want to finish it. I wanted to yeah. keep playing. It's funny that that is your highlight of the week because of course, since it's the only game that I played this week, it, it, um, <laughs> it was my highlight as well. And what's even more funny is that I was going to say the exact same thing as you were. Like you can take this. This is one of those games that you can take to the extreme. Like you can just play the storyline and be done with it. Yeah. But you can do so much more with this game, like the stuff that I was like, I went on a date with like a zombie. You can just do that, you know. If you, you need you need to play it out, and you need to like, you know, you need to mess around. But like the game allows you to do that. I actually like took a zombie, like forced it into a chair, like you know, and I put like candles on the table to have yeah. like a candlelight dinner. But you can do all of those kind of things and set up a scene to order to like contribute to do something like that. And I think that is amazing. Oh, it allows it like creative freedom even though it's totally not the point of the game like everything i've done in the entire video had nothing to do with the storyline whatsoever yeah but it it allows that creative freedom and i really appreciate that um and it's funny for me to say that because i'm someone who always says like ah you know i want to play something solely for the story and i have no doubt that the story is good 
Um, but because VR is such like an open medium, it's so easy to make your own kind of story, which is really fun to do. Um, and I, that's also one of the reasons why I'm such a such an advocate of like good recording options in a game. Like like what they do in Blade and Sorcery is yeah. is, is still so brilliant with like the multiple camera angles, the multiple kinds of view that you can get. Yeah. And I'd love for something like that to become st standard in a VR game as well. Yeah. Because the amount of stuff that you could do, then you could like shoot an entire movie exactly. within like a certain budget, you yeah. know, like making really cool kind of things. Um, oh man, Saints and Sinners would be brilliant for that. And the thing that I, I think about, like finishing Saints and Sinners is, ve is very simple math, right? It's like, oh, this is single player. Now pivot to multiplayer, please. Like what if yeah, in that yeah, world... Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm really interested in emerging gameplay. It, like it, it makes me feel you know alive to play those games. Like when I played Daisy at first, um, and I remember my wife playing Daisy and getting like really upset because someone was hunting her. You know, like for her couple of cans of beans or whatever. And mm -hmm. it was it was like so it gets so inside you, but it gives you it gives you that um, experience uh, at least at least virtualized of like what is it like to go through a survival scenario and how terrifying is that. And like scrounging for bits and stuff. And I can't wait until they take a game with that amount of polish and expand it to be like, you know, all the NPCs are just people. And yeah. see, see the communities that build up and allow people to trade for goods. And if you die, you restart as a, as a random, you know, survivor or something. I just, I, I can't wait to see that. But um, yeah, it's, I, think it, I think it's no mistake that we both ended up, you know, saying the same yeah. thing. Because, and this is five weeks after release. Like this is not, it didn't just or longer than that, actually, now, right? It dropped before Christmas. Um, or no, January? I can't even remember. Which I don't know what by. the exact release but, date um, is. It, it's such a fantastic all-around title. Um, mm -hmm. And I can I can get it. Some people are, n are not into violence. Some people don't like, uh, you know, taking down other people. And sometimes the game kind of forces you into uh, things that maybe you shouldn't do. So to some extent, there's some linearity to it. But it's one of the yeah. more open-pan VR games of this caliber, that mm -hmm. I've had the pleasure of playing. And I, I just have to give it the highest accolades. And I know loads of people are going to be like, Zim, you know, why the feck is Skyrim at the top of your list? Um, and I don't generally think of VR games as like a list of the top 10 or top five, but this is definitely, uh, it's just way, way up there because yeah. it, it's such a well-polished Yeah, title. it's just like you said, like the, the creative freedom that you have for like, you know, doing something that you want. You can go in through the window, you can, you know, climb up a rain pipe, you can just bust through the door and all those kind of things. And that just reminds me of like, if, if you remember, like there was like, uh, I don't know if people still do it, but uh, it used to be very popular with like Fallout and Fallout 3, yeah. um, where people would just like make their own stories completely you know, with, with lore and everything, and you could, like, mod that in the game, but you also had, like, very cinematic cameras that you can, like, create, but imagine, like, doing these kind of things in virtual reality later on, they're, like, just the, the options are, like, even even wider, you can oh. do, like, you know, facial interaction, you could do hand gestures, you know, there's but so much you can do. The, the best thing about that, like, from a, from a film, uh, videographer's perspective, right, you could shoot the film, and because it's volumetrically already captured, and all that detail's already stored, you could take, say, say we shot the Matrix in VR, right? In a VR game. We shot the Matrix. And then we come back, someone comes back five years later and decides, I want to change which way the story went. And they can do that because the engine's there. It's all rendered. It's just about the workflow. And they could piece it up. And aside from yeah. the voice acting, which would have to be human, wouldn't have to be human. I mean, things are progressing with deepfakes quite, uh, quite a bit. 
So, so I think what you're saying is that actors will be without a job fairly soon. <laughs> like, to be fair, most of us are going to be without a, a job fairly soon. Yeah, because that's, that's true. That's the whole point. For those of us still left, of course. <laughs> we got to prepare for the zombie apocalypse, you know, that's coming. So. Of course. I asked the chat as well what they've been playing this week. Um, we have uh, Megan Mason who played Freediver and some Beat Saber and some more Gadgeteer. Uh, if you have any... If you need any tips for that, there's one person on this podcast that <laughs> that has some great experience with that. Um, we have Dave 1000 who played Synthriser. Dave the Psycho, as Nathie always says. Yeah. Uh, he played a Ghost Guy, Ghost Giant, O Shape, and Freediver. He had a pretty fun week. Oh, um, can I chip in there to... on Ghost uh, Ghost Giant? Because my daughter yeah. was playing Ghost Giant, and um, like. This is something that I think all devs should do. And it's what I call the five-year-old test. If a, if a five-year-old can get from the start of your game to playing your game successfully, you've won on your UX, on mm. your user interface. If they can't, you lose. And unfortunately, Ghost Giant loses because the, little the option to scale up and down, a lot of it's text. And then it's quite confusing in terms of the handle and what you do with your big gorby ghost giant ah, fingers okay. and what my daughter did she made it so that we couldn't even fix the game because she grabbed the handle for resizing jammed it to the end let go so we were like super tall and the, or in the quest and then um you know there was no I, could, I reset the game and everything and there was nothing we could do it was literally uninstall reinstall it was a joke um so i definitely recommend developers to do the five-year-old test before uh, doing yeah. that. And you can even just take a, you know, friend of yours who has a yeah. five-year-old's mentality. That works yeah. too. Or, or just ask Nathy. That's fine too. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. Yes! Free reign. He's like our personal right. pinata. I love it. No, he, he turned seven last week, I think, so <laughs> we can't... <laughs> Oh, and then we still have a gaming science theater who went um, to an educational tech conference. We didn't play VR this past week, but he has seen the future of VR and education. Uh, GNVRS Gaming played No Man's Sky and Beat Saber. Uh, and I'll highlight one more. That was uh, Paint Pros Colorado who says, Asgard's is beautiful. Yeah. And that, that's really why, well, aside from the drive space, that's also why I want to play it. Like, I want to play it, but, like, February's done, man. I'm sad. This was my month to finish all my games. I got Boneworks done. I've got Saints and Sinners done. Um, a few other indie titles, and then, like, that's it. Months is over. Although, I have to say, when I looked at the calendar today, I got really weirded out. I forgot that February 29th was an actual legitimate date. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so many years. I'm, yeah, I was four. like... I had to take a spit take at my calendar because I was like, what? <laughs> That's not real. It was so fun. Oh, man. Anyway, yeah. Too, too much time in VR. Too much time in VR, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, let's jump into a little bit of news. And the first bit of news is about the XR2 reference design. So uh, Qualcomm has revealed the reference design for its new VR and AR platform. Uh, the headset offers a rough guide for building with the Snapdragon XR2, which is a 5G-enabled chipset, chipset designed for VR or AR hardware. Now, sources are suggesting that this is a modified Snapdragon 865 uh, with an image processor. Um, for example, the Oculus Quest uses a Snapdragon uh, 835. Now, this uh, Qualcomm XR2 looks a lot like the earlier XR1 reference design, but it can already show off some of the XR2 uh, new capability, capabilities, such as uh, support for the 5G networks, 
and also up to seven different cameras. But it still uses a 2K display panel for each eye instead of the maximum 3K resolution for uh, which will ultimately be in the XR2. Now, the interesting bit is that this latest pro processor and the reference design is set to be uh, capable of split rendering over the 5G wire, uh, wireless connection. And this means that basically some of the work will be done in the headset while the other part will be done uh, remotely, in, for example, a cell tower, uh, to harness like uh, bigger processing powers. In theory, this would then allow a smaller wireless VR headset to offer the visuals we would then expect from, for example, a high-end PC, but then over a wired connection. Oh. Uh, so Qualcomm is not the only company to do this because I think we highlighted the Pico Neo 2 uh, a little while ago as well. And they're also saying that they are planning to support this functionality. Um, I don't have, I didn't find like a release date or anything on something like this, but I don't think that this will be fairly soon. Um, I, I think that, it, I mean, if we see a Quest 2, I would expect to be, that they would be using this uh, chipset though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I, yeah. And that's, that's the buzz, I guess, around this is like, you've got so many, uh, you got so many different people chomping at the bit for the next iteration. As I said before, I, I totally expect to see something like this this year announced, whether or not it'll drop. I know you're cynical yeah. about that, but I think that, what was that company? I'm trying to remember the one that um, we were going on about about three, four weeks ago that is in California and they're, they're gonna use this reference design and launch. Um, kind of like a competitor to the Magic Leap. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but um, there was a startup that who, who just came on the scene in 2020 and uh, was looking quite promising. So yeah. there, there are a couple of, there are a couple of quests. Hey, wasn't it from that French company? Uh, I believe it was a, the French company. I forgot the name as well, but it was yeah. a French company, I think, that were planning on using this chipset already for, but it, I think they were yeah. planning on using the Snapdragon 835, uh, the 8, the 865. Um, but I don't know if they're actually planning on using the XR2 reference design. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting looking headset. Um, you know, it's got a very smooth curve to it, although it makes me look, it, it looks a little Ray Charles in terms of its kind of flat form factor. But I guess yeah. reference designs are not meant to look sexy. They're just meant to look kind of simple, plain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do think that if we see a new headset, it will likely be more like improvements in terms of like the controller rather than in improvements in like, I, I, I just don't see this being implemented already into a new headset so early this yeah, year. Yeah. I think it would be rather like, like next year is a, a more plausible uh, kind of time frame. And the, the funny thing uh, is when you, when you mentioned something like this, um, <clears throat> I haven't seen anything that uh, talks about the controllers for the headset. And mm -hmm. so from that, I assume they are maybe looking at you know, using the cameras in the same way that the Quest does, just for hand controls. Yeah, because this this like this uh, chipset also like allows for more cameras. So yeah. I would assume that, uh, and we've already seen demos of that being used as well. Where like for example, behind the back tracking is like more optimized, so that if something like obstructs like the, the view, that you don't get like uh, any any kind of drift or something like that. So yeah. I think improvements in that can be made, but I don't think if they're enough to be like um you know like oh, the next generation of vr headsets you know you can now move your controller behind your back and pick it up with your other hand look <laughs> and i still have it oh it and guess what it's away. got a self-regenerating battery you just give it a shake like that <laughs> ever ready uh flashlight in saints and sinners but no i i actually found and uh there aren't many games that have shown off the limitations of the inside out tracking 
that's present on the Rift S and the Quest. But mm-hmm. Saints and Sinners, I have noticed it. I don't know if you have, but I've. I, I think it also in, has to do with that swings. your entire arms are attached to it, so you uh-huh. have like a more like a, how would I say it, like a like a spaghetti arms kind of feeling. I had that a lot with like the with the gun that it feels a little bit more like spaghetti like because spaghetti my arms guns? like. Maybe maybe you need to work out a little more. I know I do. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, I was finding that like if you were taking like a katana or something and anything where you would draw behind your back and then all of a sudden, you know, ramp up your speed and like slice fast that it would catch up a little bit too late. Or if I'm trying to stab something in the eye right from 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 a withdrawn position that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't always land it. But if I held it kind of where I knew the camera could see it and then stabbed, yeah. it was fine. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I had to modify my gameplay, just tweaked it a, a little bit. And it was like past that barrier of like, I'm satisfied, you know? So when people ask me generally, like Quest or Rift S, like how's the tracking? My answer is generally like totally solid, no problem. And the only caveat to that I have to say now is weapon tracking in Saints and Sinners jumps every so often. Yeah. yeah so that's that all right yeah all right go. well the next bit of news uh, is about uh, facebook and an update uh, concerning the oculus link mm. so um until this week's release in order to use link both your quest and your rift software had to be at the exact same version now the problem with this was that oculus performs automatic updates and does not let the user roll back mm. and typically these updates to quest headsets occur over a period of several days so prior to this change, Quest owners could be stuck in a situation where they are waiting for their software to update in order to use PC VR games again with their headset because their version levels uh, wouldn't wouldn't match. But with the new v- version 14 release, this rest- restriction is a little bit relaxed in that you can now have uh, more than one, uh, at most one version number away from the other. So for example, uh, Rift software version 14 will work with the quest on version 13 but not with for example 15 but mm-hmm. normally the space at which like those updates are being rolled out should match that uh, ultimately so. i can see why that would cause um users Problems. pain now they've mm-hmm. shifted it to developer pain i suppose because otherwise how's yeah. that going to work it's like we need to flash it out oh quick change versions twice like i just don't see how that fix actually functions <laughs> it's really weird um and then the the third thing is like <clears throat> when it comes to um, when it comes to Oculus Link, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of people using it. Is my uh, my kind of feel of it. Um, I I don't personally, but uh, I'm glad they're they're updating and you know soldiering ahead because I actually think it's it's one of their most uh, un- it's their strongest unique selling points. Uh, yeah, software definitely. updates, and yeah. um, we'll talk a little bit more about some more updates mm-hmm. like that bit later on too but do you do you find I, yourself using link at all rowdy no i i have never even used it you're, you're like not much uh uh quest diy user right like no, you're not not at all not you at know all. what i wish they would do though i wish they would take the oculus uh quests software and allow users power users to manually download like you would uh firmware update and flash your device because like when you're sitting there i mean i've sat there so many evenings like hugging, cradling my quest, rocking back and forth, nervously wondering if it's going to be okay by the morning. And 
Never, like almost never does it actually wake up with the version updated. No matter what I do, I do voodoo, all kinds of weird shit in this room. But no, nothing. It just doesn't doesn't patch. Yeah, I, I also find it, I mean, I understand that they want to, you know, keep a controlled environment regarding the updates and that every device is updated, you know, yeah. ultimately. But at the same time, like, you know, it's 2020, you know, like people should be able to like choose which kind of updates that they, they want to, if they want to be like... Uh, I identify as version 15. <laughs> no, but I mean, like that you could at least say like, I, I want to be, I want to be updated at this specific date, or you could like, you know, choose like what date the update occurs within like a time frame of, for example, a week yeah. uh, that you could like, for example, pre-download them and then install them within like a week time frame or something like that. I think that would be a far better solution than, uh, than doing this, I think, but yeah. uh yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is seems what it weird is. to me. It kind of feels like a backwards step to a degree. I mean, I'm glad people are who are pissed off at this are happy about it, but it seems like it causes more problems. Uh, I don't know. Uh, for developers, no, I, I don't is. know either. For developers, not maybe, uh, maybe. I mean, I don't think I don't think that the updates itself um, will cause problems. I think it's rather like the software from Oculus in itself that is less restrictive. Is less restrictive. Yeah, well, that's than, that's what I mean. I, I mean, don't the, I, don't, I don't mean I don't mean game developers. I mean from a platform perspective, the people behind Oculus platform patches mm. now have to push two patches to ensure that connectivity. So I, I I just I would love if someone could break down how that works because I do not understand. No, how I, they I, are think, not I think what they problem. mean is that um, the version software will update automatically. Well, but that could be, for example, three or four days in between when your Rift software updates or when your Quest software updates. But those three or four days, you will not be able to be, to use your Quest because it's still on the previous version compared to your Rift software. Okay, but you're this helping now make, fixes that. Right. Okay, got it. Because so they it goes one version back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So no, so I my okay. I don't I misunderstood this. I thought we were talking about. Uh, so, for instance, say there's a version 15 out and a version 16. Uh, I thought that this patch was enabling it so that there was uh, an enforced backwards compatibility uh, between no, I don't, I don't one think patch. That is the That's case. not the case. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I don't think that is the case. No, I don't yeah. exactly know how the um, how the compatibility works between versions, but it's it's more like a relaxation of the restriction uh, on the uh, the usage of the asset. I think. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, next bit of news is uh, from Drifter Entertainment, which is an independent games developer based in Seattle, and they have announced their fourth VR game, the others being Gunheart, Rise of the Gunters, Robo Recall, and now also Lies Beneath. This is a survival horror game that is inspired by the likes of Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Uh, Lies Beneath stands out amongst the rest with its Japanese horror comic inspired art style. And I have to say, like, I watched the trailer, it looks very cool. I, re I really like this art style. Yeah. No, it looks... Right? Uh, so, I don't know if cel-shaded is the right term, but I guess it's it's kind of cel-shaded with shadows and lighting effects. Yeah. Have you ever played... I don't know if this is very popular, but it was called 13. Yeah, 13. With, like, Roman numbers. It looks exactly like 13. Exactly yeah, like X, that, right? X, but then I, in, I, in I. a horror style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that comic as well. But have you played um, any? Um, so there's a there was a VR game or two like this, which was basically living comic books, where you would see inside, you know, the comic book as it was playing out. Like, um, what was that game by? Uh, just trying to think. High, 
not high energy, high force, I forget the name now, but they, it was a strategy game where you had the card and within the card borders you could see like a diorama, like a little, uh, a little character moving around. Um, Dragon Force, Dragon Force. Uh, ah, okay. Dragon Force? Never played that, but yeah, yeah, I think it's Dragon Force. <laughs> it's been so long now, um, but yeah, it was that was that was a really cool concept. And then there were some like indie um, indie style comic book uh, emergent like VR experiences that you could do that were all really short. Like none of them were more than like fourteen or twenty page comic books, but it looked mm-hmm. a lot like this. But this looks a lot more like um, picking up from. I would call it the Carmack like Windows Bedrock release, where you could step. You'd, you'd be looking at a, like a TV, and then you press a button, and you'd go into VR. And if you felt sick, you could come out of VR again. Yeah, that's what yeah. this looks like. This looks like mm-hmm. they're really playing with that whole kind of pancake versus immersion, and allowing the evil creatures within to come at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks and great. I, I think what is what is cool about this as well that these kind of like art styles really like withstand like the you know the tooth of time. Like I could, for example, still like play games like 13 right now, just mm. because it's in that specific art style. I think Super Hot and Pistol Whip all have that as well, because it's like that kind of like artsy, abstract kind of art style. Yeah. This does that with like a comic, comic book style. Like the graphics in like five years from now will probably still look great because it's intended to, to look like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I, I do think that games like this are, are very smart to be developed because they're probably, you know, they go they go a long way. There's another reason. Performance. This is another one of the of main course. factors. Yeah. Like performance is really good. They age well. They look good. And actually the immersion, you'd think, oh, you're striving away from realism. But actually there's something about that kind of uncanny valley effect that when you stay away from looking ultra realistic, mm-hmm. it's easier for your brain to accept, you know, the kind of realism yeah uh, that's presented right so i think it's cool because yeah. because being in a different environment even if it's all like that i mean borderlands was like that nathy last week talked about jet set radio or parappa yeah. the rapper and it was like these games it's still it's like, good to play now yeah exactly they hold up and the thing is 10 years from now they'll still look decent and you could just yeah. kind of pick it up you know shift it platforms and release your ip again and it doesn't have to you know go 20 fold in terms of the graphical fidelity yeah, so that's true yeah so um, i'm really looking forward to that one and man they're the ones behind robo recall that means we're in for a ride indeed yeah. so it's been uh, built up from the ground up for the oculus quest and oculus rift, rift platform and it they say that it takes full advantage of vr's ability to transport the player to another world so <laughs> I, I, they, they are going for an immersive title i would Can say Can i translate to uh, to the player over. <laughs> it's like they're gonna they're gonna scare the shit out of us. I know it. Definitely. I love horror uh, though. Like for those who haven't who aren't horror players, I'll just make a short pitch. Like if you're not a horror player, give it a chance in VR. Even if you're a complete wuss or whatever, just like give it a chance. I know it's scary. I know you're in the world, and like I thought I would be so terrified. It gives you such adrenaline. Like it really gives you <laughs> adrenaline. Yes, you're terrified. Sometimes you'll be in a moment where you're like, I need to take this headset off. But the adrenaline factor is really good for anyone. And I'm not a thrill seeker, but uh, I, I ended up liking VR games after uh, horror VR games after a while playing them. The story sounds very interesting as well. Like uh, they've, they've released like a little statement that uh, that is like the premise of the game. And they say um, uh, something has gone horribly wrong in the sleepy town of Slumber, Alaska. 
Now, returning college student May must find to save her father and her sanity. <laughs> okay. From the terrifying townsfolk and creepy creatures infecting her hometown. Experience a living comic book full of frightful scenarios as you uncover the secrets of slumber and May's past. With a full arsenal of melee and ranged weapons, like it takes a little bit of a turn then, May will find monsters across the menacing remnants of her hometown. Along the way, she'll need to solve puzzles in her surroundings and find lore objects that uncover hidden truths. Lies Beneath features several difficulty levels and comfort options so you can tailor the experience to your preference. It comes out for Quest on March 31st. And it's actually, it's a Quest exclusive because it comes out on Rift two weeks later on April 14th. Okay. Um, and that's fine. Like, I, I actually don't mind when they give priority to, if it's like two to four weeks preference, totally fine. Totally yeah. fine. When it's a year, you gotta, you better be giving them a sack of cash. You know, it's like, but, um, and I'm, I'm kind of less okay with that because, um, We've seen it on a few platforms. I can't remember now the title from uh, from the last couple of uh, weeks we we talked about, but there was something that dropped on Vive with a one month like restriction. It's like who cares? It's a month, you know. Unless it's a big hitting title, no one's gonna yeah. notice. They're gonna blink. It'll That's go true. by. It'll be available. There's no reason to moan about it. No. I found it interesting as well that I mean we do have a like quite a lot of VR horror games already, um, but since Wilson's Heart, I don't think we've seen another one. In this genre, at least, coming from uh, Oculus Studios. Um, sorry, did Gunheart, did you say? No, Wilson's Heart. Since Wilson's oh, Heart. Wilson's Heart. Wilson's Heart. Um, that, yeah, that, I consider that a horror title, right? Oh, it's horror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's horror. So it's like... Oh, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's, I think it's the first one for the, for the Oculus Quest in its entirety. Not the yeah. horror title in general, but at least one coming from Oculus Studios. And the quality that they deliver is usually, you know, quite high. I can't tell you a bad Oculus Studios title. They're, whoever's their QA department are doing a damn good job because mm -hmm. this is multiple years now. And that will mean personnel have changed hands and it means <laughs> their standards, whatever those sta that book of standards is, is serving them well. Yeah, because I always, I always think well of an Oculus Studios title when I see it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looks interesting. That's I'm not crazy. so sure if my neighbors will like it, though. Last time I tried a horror game, they called the police <laughs> because Seriously? they were 100% sure that they heard the squeals of a pig that was being butchered in my apartment. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> was, that, was, that, wait, wait, wait. was that you or were you projecting on speakers? No comment. <clears throat> love it. I love it. I just, I just I love that. That's great. All right, next bit of news. About five months ago, uh, Dreadholes was released on the Quest, and a friend of our show, uh, Gamertag TV, he managed to interview Sergio Hildago from White Door, who stated that Dreadholes is currently selling more than all of its other versions combined at this very moment. So, uh, Dreadholes was apparently one of the first uh, VR games to launch on a commercial headset all the way. Uh, back in 2015, I know that you're a big fan, right, Sin? <laughs> I used to use this as a uh, call it a, a paid torture in my uh, in my stream. And my stream <laughs> subjected me once to, I think it was 36 straight runs of Dreadhalls, which uh, we used to have on a timer of about seven minutes. You do the math. That was wow. a fact time. Like six uh, hours. On, on which on which headset did you did you originally play that on? Uh, was it on that, the CV one? No, DK uh, DK two. 
2. DK2, the original. And then they, they did the kind of re-release um, on the Rift. And then, of course, it dropped on... Yeah. You know, dropped later, but yeah, that's but cool. But it, it so, dropped on a lot of the of the mobile headset as well, right? Like the Samsung yeah, Gear VR. Yeah, at first the the update first came to Gear, um, which yeah. I was kind of miffed about because I was like, "Come on, man, put it, do this thing!" Like, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it has apparently already amassed over four thousand user reviews on the Oculus Store, uh, and it's fairly early uh, released as well on the PSVR and just regular PC VR on the Steam Store. So well. I think the 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 really cool thing that stood up, I mean, there's only two games that I find really do horror right in VR, and that's Dreadhalls and Monstrum. And unfortunately, like Monstrum, uh, Junkfish Studios, who are here in, uh, in Scotland, confirm they're not doing VR support for the sequel that they're working on. And Dreadhalls... Um, I just think that this like procedural horror thing where you don't know what's around the corner, you don't know the maze yeah. you're walking through. Like the first Ugh. time I did it, I was like, what they did was they took the Windows 95 like default, you know, red brick maze screensaver and they just put bad things in that and put you into VR. Like that was the premise of the game for the first one. It's, it's just like those like, you know, those gargoyles or like weeping angels kind of stuff. Like it's yeah. that kind of stuff just yeah. like, yeah. Ugh. That's not, like, that's not good for your sanity. You can say what you want, but that's not good for your and sanity. And for the longest time, like Sergio, I've been like following his work really closely and he's been teasing out various bits and pieces like back when he was doing new things. And like I would have the smallest psychotic breakdowns because I would be like playing the game and I'd be like, did he patch that in? Is there something new? Is that a new scream? I don't think I've heard that before. And like you'd, you'd psych yourself out. So Literally, for like this, the gray in my beard, I am pretty sure, comes from Dreadhalls. From doing more than, I've probably done more than 500 hours of Dreadhalls. It's stupid. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So. You'll be happy to hear then that they're also working on a, on a new title. It's called uh, Cosmophobia. And this is a, a roguelike, creepy, objective-based exploration game. And apparently the game also comes with a, a free pair of brown pants. <laughs> Does it now? Wow. Okay. Well, uh, I hope it does because I'll, I'll for sure will need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Cosmophobia, huh? Yeah, he, he teased um, some. I think it was like a tablet or something like that. A couple of a uh, couple of months ago, I think it was around October, and um, I was getting really excited because uh, Sergio Hidalgo's work. Like I've been following it for a while and and i was like oh man now he's making a sci-fi game like i have no idea if it was going to be single player or if he's going to follow kind of a dreadhall style but yeah this is looking uh this is yeah. reminding me of the and persistence on playstation yeah, vr i was just about to say, and the thing about these kind of like games like because they're roguelike like the, one of the game mechanics that's kind of built in is that you're you're like kind of intended to die in order to progress or like, you know, to become better. But like in a horror game, that becomes so much worse. Like, because, you, you know, the ways that you die there are often not like the most pleasant kind of ways or like, you know, you just scared the shit out of yourself. Like, uh, like, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't want to be the first guy to die with a VR headset on playing a horror game, you know. <laughs> uh, I And the thing is, like, I love that they didn't, uh, just like in a good um, in a, in in a in a good trailer for like a horror film, you don't expose the the bad dudes, right? And they flash at the very last second a little guy when you open one of those container doors in the trailer, and it it looks like one of the bad things out of um, uh, the forest, like the the, the oh. kind of very fleshy creatures in the forest that you meet yeah. in the caves. Um, so. 
I don't... The ones that, like, put butter all over their body because they, like, shine so much, right? Yes. Well, I like yeah. to... I don't know if that's an Unreal Engine game, but I call it the Unreal Engine sheen yeah. because I didn't know that Saints and Sinners was done in, in the Unreal Engine either. I only just learned that when I was looking through the credits. Ah. And I was like, damn, they did a good job with Unreal to They don't look oily. Game. They don't <laughs> look oily. Yeah. Um, they, all, they didn't all go to a massage saloon right before making this game. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, so are you gonna are you gonna play this? No comments. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Like, uh, like biggie, I biggie, don't biggie. know. Like I'm, I'm so bad at these kind of games. I mean, not bad, but like I I need to like mentally prepare myself before I go into this kind of game. Like I, I once did that. With, I think I did it with Resident Evil. A lot of people said, "Oh, this is not that scary." I literally had to like prepare myself since like you know since I got up in the morning I was like okay we're gonna we're gonna do this now yeah we're gonna do this yeah we're we're gonna wait a couple of, we're gonna eat something make sure your stomach is full you know make sure this and this and that you know okay and then we're gonna we're gonna do this and I, and I played it and it was all right but at the same time I was like oh I'm happy it's over <laughs> I'm happy to record this video <sighs> yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I, I know that feeling as well I, the, 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 it's a really weird thing but it's like um, that feeling when and I don't dream much anymore as an adult. I don't know why. Um, but when I was a, a, a kid or a teenager, and I, you'd be trapped in a nightmare. And you become yeah. uh, lucid. Like, you, you, you're aware you're in the nightmare, but it won't let you out. Like, you, you can't wake up, and you're stuck in the nightmare. And that is, like, the, one of the worst, most entrapping feelings. And actually, to an extent, that's pretty much what VR horror is. I know a lot of people, like, nope out, and they whip the headset off or whatever. But if you plow through that, you get to that lovely feeling of like, I really don't want to be doing this right now. Like I, I do not, all the senses in your body are like, no. Yeah. And, and, and I think it makes for amazing entertainment. So I would happily watch you. Ready? Let's, uh, let's yeah, make, yeah. let's put that in the calendar. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 Anyway, next bit of news. <laughs> so, um, Facebook has acquired Sansaru games, adding them also to the line of Oculus studios and, Sanzaru Game is actually known. Sanzaru Games is actually known for a variety of Oculus-funded VR titles, such as Rip Coil. Okay, remember that one? Yes. Uh, VR Sports Channel Challenge. Yep. Uh, Marvel Powers United. I think we all remember that what one. A not classic the most, gem. <laughs> not in the most positive way, but of course, always. Um, if it's not the best VR game of 2019, um, Asgard's Wrath. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's. Yeah, I, I, if it's not the best one, then it's probably one of the best ones. Yeah, I, I think it's almost inargu- inarguably like the best. It, it's almost like, again, if, if I had to take a popular vote of what I hear from other people, uh, everyone around the podcast, other podcasts who do you know, VR, Asgard's is just sitting on top. And it's funny because yeah. being restricted on the Oculus platform uh, means that, you know, PlayStation VR people don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um you know, anyone but at who's the same time, like we, like we said a couple of weeks ago, yeah. we see that the, the share that Oculus is having on the VR market is like growing and growing and growing. They're now leading yeah. on the Steam VR markets. They almost have the entire Oculus store, the Oculus Quest store. So, I mean, like the, the, the market share that Oculus is, is having is like eating up into like the other PC VR headsets, I think. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> only, not only in the PC VR headset, but also in the developers, apparently, because... Uh, uh, they managed to acquire them, but uh, the development group that joins Oculus Studios will be still an independently operated studio out of their current offices in the United States and Canada. 
Um, now, I don't think this is really a surprise considering they recently also acquired Beat Games. Um, but it does seem like there's a little bit of a competition going on between like Facebook and Sony. Uh, I think <laughs> Sony purchased in late December uh, Insomniac Games, which we know from uh, Stormlands. Um, in a way, I, I guess that makes sense because both of these companies invest very heavily in like large projects from both from like all of these VR studios and thereby honing their skills again in, in virtual reality development of games. Um, and if then a competitor comes and snatches up all of that talent for their own virtual reality mm. platform, I think they, they probably said it's a bad return on the initial investment that they put in there. I, I do think that Facebook was quite upset that uh, Insomniac, mm. you know, got purchased, uh, you know, yeah. after Stormland. Yeah, because of course they they don't just pay for the game, but they also you know pay for like getting the resources and the, the proper training and like the development of the game and all that talent that you know acquires a kind of skill is now working for a different company. Yeah, and that's and, basically and that's what it. Is. And it's it's difficult because it's hard to pin resources and talent down as well, right? But when that package goes, it is the people that matter. It's the people, yeah. it's the skill, it's the knowledge of how to do things. And when that all sets sail, as you said, it, and you've been funding it, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, in, that, in that seat, I would be butthurt. I would be like, you know, this is, let's go buy up some studios. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before, like, before someone else before does Before someone it. else does, right? Like That's that's the reasoning behind it. I, I do wonder how that works, though. Okay? I can already imagine, like, Mark Zuckerberg, like, walking into the office, office with, like, just as many lawyers as he has security guards and throws down a briefcase with like unmarked hundred dollar bills on the table and saying, there's more where that comes from. And then he just like leaves. <laughs> like, how does that work? Like, you know, this is how corporate, this is how like, uh, yeah, corporate acquisitions work in your mind. Just like briefcases <laughs> of money. That's how I would do it. If I was like the, the owner of Facebook, helicopters, SWAT teams, blasting yeah. through skyscraper windows. I, you know how there's like when you have those wrestling matches and the guy comes like down with like the music blasting? I would just have that wherever I come, the entire town where I come in and some guy like who needs to remove my cape then. Like, yeah. Yeah, see, like I, I, I said, that. some heroes wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah. but uh, in terms of the news, like in terms of Facebook just bought, right, they've got Beat Games, they've got Sanzaru, um, I I think this is I think this is generally good because they will act as a shield and a kind of like mm. a warm blanket of funding. The thing that happens that I think a lot of people don't realize in smaller indie development studios is uh, you do get resource cannibalization from studio to studio. Sometimes uh, you also get, you know, the uh, reliance on a project. So if you're too small, that horrible kind of curve and the financial planning that goes alongside, hey, we've got a cash injection and kind of planning to level that off with a tail to make sure that even if your next thing doesn't work out, you can still pay your people and you don't have to close yeah. your doors I, down. I think that is the, the major thing. That's like a little bit of like carefree development that they're allowed to do their thing within like the concept of, you know, Facebook and within the concept yeah. of Oculus. You know, of course, everything needs to be approved i guess to a certain degree but at the same time it's like you know they they pretty much have the financial freedom to develop what they want at the speed that they wanted to do yeah um, yeah well exactly a, and, that, and that's good thing that's what that would way. convince me if i was sitting in one of those studios to accept now one of the things that i would be swinging me the other direction is i'd say great we're gonna operate independently just like oculus 
well, look what you mm. did to the Oculus founders. You know, you swung in. <laughs> is there a single head left? <laughs> you know, I and yeah. unfortunately, over time, uh, when you have a difference in alignment of uh, corporate mantra, strategy, all that, you know, you're going to have literally directors within the company pulling in different directions and you have to take a choice which way you're going to go. And in the end, Papa's going to win, I think. So <laughs> look, Facebook's an engine. If you would have told me 10 years ago, someone would take a social platform and be doing, you know, an initial public offering and going public with a company within whatever that was, six, seven, eight years, um, mm. and then be one of the more, most powerful companies on the planet. It's like, I can't even believe that's profitable. Like, what do they make? You make space for people to advertise. Like, that's all you're doing. I mean, that's that's the core of your business. If you've ever read, like, into into, into Facebook and, and and their strategies. Now they've got other things. You know, they've obviously gone down the kind of Google path of let's gather as much data as possible. And and I'll be honest, I I totally look at my quest that way. Every time I pick it up, what that thing is doing is it's remembering the layout of my house. It's checking what I'm doing, you know, already. And the, the funny thing is, like, that data is powerful and it mm. will help them strategize for the future. And yeah. at the moment, it's collecting it away and you kind of signed up to it and don't necessarily care. And uh, Google doesn't True. have that. Google doesn't have a headset that's in your house and doing that. What it has yeah, is has, it's, it's got the Google assistant. Home, though. Yeah, it's got a, the yeah. assistant, the mobile stuff. It's just listening to you the whole time. What's he saying? Oh, he really yeah. likes pizza. But but I'm pretty sure that Google can have a pretty good idea of like if if you have like six uh, Google Nests or whatever they're called, <laughs> that they're pretty sure that you have like at least six rooms or something like that. You know, like <laughs> I, uh, I do think that they can estimate a lot from that kind. They're of smarter stuff. than that, actually. You know what they can do, uh, which is really cool. Uh, if you have Wi-Fi devices, because of their um, their 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 network uh, strength displacement from one another you can actually d discern distance. This yeah, was thinking already. Yeah. So you can actually 3D model with those six devices right now. It's, it's really kind of, if you get into it, how much you can knowledge you can gain from inference is an enormous metadata. amount. Yeah, 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 <coughs> metadata, metadata, exactly. So anyway, it's all coming. We're not, this isn't meant to scare anybody. It's just like, if you don't know that this is possible, it's just like put, turn the switch on in your head and go like, oh yeah, yeah, it happens. <laughs> so, but like a funny story about that. I got a uh, Google Home device and I've unplugged it since because I just don't feel comfortable really? listening to me the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I oh, just, wow. I'm just, but I the thing several. is, you know, there's no getting away from a phone. Like that's listening to you the whole time as well. So it's just like you have to adopt it in some, to some extent, but I don't know. It's weird. You know, I was just like this thing that was playing YouTube music for me is just not, it's not worth the balance. I'm like, no, sorry, <laughs> Google. You can't have another note in my house. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, next up is uh, it's not an episode of the F Reality podcast if we don't talk about whether Half Life Three is coming or if we don't make Zimtok Five cry because Left for Dead is still not coming. <laughs> hey, you didn't have to say that, you fucking tool. Come on. <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with Half Life Alex uh, now less than a month away, um, the excitement is real. So it's actually so real that you can now offer um, on an exclusive tour of the Valve uh, headquarters, including a VR demonstration with apparently Half-Life Alex. Um, those interested can submit their bid via Charity Buzz, and the current estimated value is $2,500, but bidding begins at roughly $500. Now the winner and three of their choosing will 
Um, then travel to Bellevue, Washington for a one-hour tour. It's quite short, actually. You know, one hour for the entire Valve. And okay. how much money? Is it? It's a well. It, the bidding starts at five hundred, and the current estimated value is two thousand five hundred dollars. Wow, Jesus! I mean, I could imagine the price if uh, if uh, Half-Life Alex wasn't released yet, right? Then, then I could imagine. But uh, I'll come to that a little bit, little bit later. I don't know. Um, I, I kind of feel like if I had the cash, you know, to play it early. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You know. Uh, you'll also be able to to meet Lawrence Yang, who is a user experience designer at Valve Software in, in Bellevue, Washington. Uh-huh. Uh, and at Valve, he has worked on virtual reality software and hardware, features for Steam, and also game team. And you know what, Zim? What? There's, what? Although there's only two of us here, normally there are four of us. And I think we consider each other as, as friends, right? So, nope. people, we need about $2,500 in donations throughout the rest of the show. So, uh, get to it. So. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're chipping away at that already. We've had a few. So, thank you for the donations. And, All uh, right, cool. Send cool. us to uh, Seattle? Yes, uh, Washington, Washington, Bellevue, yeah. Bellevue, Washington. Bellevue, Washington. So we, we, only need, we only need $2,500. Uh, and, and, and probably something for the flight tickets because that is not included. Yeah, yeah. For, for, we're, we're, we're driving Lamborghinis right up to the office, one each. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. No. Um, but no, like uh, the thing is Valve's lab, if anyone has done like through Steam VR, um, I'm trying to remember the, the, the app name. But when, when the Vive launched, there was this ability to take a digital tour in VR of the Valve office. Their office is sweet. Like they yeah, thought about that for a long time and and like the big the giant valve in the main reception uh all the stuff that they have placed on the walls um very cool so if if you yeah. hunt that down even if you're a like an oculus user um i would recommend steam vr home uh f- track that down i i will help later if i remember what it's called but i think destinations is the yeah. way you get there i think it's destinations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if you do try de- by downloading destinations there's some amazing volumetric work done around a, um, it's like an old British church that you step around and it's got, it's teleport locomotion, but it's still really well done. It's like you're standing in this like foggy old, um, yeah. like uh, church grounds uh, and, it, and you just teleport around it and then there's some kind of an information there. Very neat. Very, very neat. Photogrammetry. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. Yeah. Um, there's one thing that I, I find a bit strange. This is also why I said um, that you won't be able to play Half-Life Alex early because the tour must be scheduled six weeks in advance. So that would mean after Half-Life Alex is released, right? Because Half-Life Alex is coming out 23rd of March. Somebody is trying to screw our chat donators right right up the wazoo. God dang it. God dang it. Damn bastards. Also, all proceeds of the auctions will go directly to California's Elemental Music Program, which provides training and support to young students interested in music. In music. Uh, the question for me is, though, which music? Because I can think of a few genres that I don't want to support. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, next bit of news, HTC whoa, whoa, whoa. has come hey, out. Before you move on, I've seen something in chat I have to say. Very simple. We don't yeah. usually interrupt like this, but we have a user who's joined Furniture Reality. Someone has gone and registered furniture reality which uh was a little joke that i made a couple of podcasts ago is what the f stands for is furniture reality 
Um, I'm not sure if you were on that one or not, Rowdy. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, I, I heard that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, good on you for registering the account, whoever that is, hiding behind Furniture Reality. But uh, good on you. <laughs> good on you. Yeah, good. All right, we keep going. All right, cool. So uh, HTC has now come out with four different variants of their Cosmos VR headset. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Four. Four variants and, of the Cosmos. And I have still haven't found anybody who can explain to me why. Um, I don't know. But it does bring their total of available headset packages to 11. 11. 11. 11. It's from that video from 11. Scottish. Yeah. 11. Sorry, so video from let me ask you. I'm not following you. You don't know that the video about the two Scottish guys that trying to use voice activation in the elevator? No. How does it go? Okay. Everyone, after the podcast, uh, go and look up that video um, and you'll laugh your ass off. What just? Uh, what do they look for? Scottish 11? J- just, no, say, say uh, two Scottish guy, voice recognition elevator. Okay, okay. I will. 11, 11. Anyway, uh, Zim, which one is your favorite? Is it the Vive? The Vive Pro starter kit? The Vive Pro full kit? The Vive Pro McLaren uh, Limited Edition, the Vive Pro I, the Vive Cosmos Play, the Vive Cosmos, the Vive Cosmos Elite, the Vive Cosmos XR, the Vive Focus, or the Vive Focus Plus. Oh yeah, and and why? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's nuts. Eleven. 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 Yeah. It's, it's a shame, really, because like oh, wait, HCC, wait. HCC started out as a, as a very strong competitor in the VR market. Maybe even like the the strongest. They were, and uh, yeah, this is like uh, the number one thing you don't do with a product is just make it so feckin' confusing for everybody. Yeah. But now they can perfectly. I someone needs to make this content. I'm telling you, there's the perfect content. This is the content, right? You buy the eleven headsets, and at eleven eleven, it has to be probably in American then, because you do it just at night, right? You have to start playing eleven eleven on all eleven headsets. And you must finish by 11.11 in the morning. You have 12 hours to escape the 11.11 game in 11 headsets. Can you do it? Can it be done? Only you can tell us. Make it happen. (laughs) And stream it, please. Please stream Uh, it. Sounds like something Disrupt would do, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I should should tweet them. Hey, there's 11 Vive headsets now. Here's the game 11.11. Here's the challenge. Will you do it? Yeah. And then and then they release the twelfth one. Nah. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the annoying thing for me is just like for for a good while it was like my favorite headset. Like even though they've always been a bit more expensive. Yeah. Like yeah. for a good while I was like a like a prominent Vive user. But it, I don't know. It seems like they're having like a little bit of hard time just like competing. It's yeah. kind of like like when you hold the door open for like like an older lady oh, uh, who's actually like a little bit too far away. So she's going to feel annoyed and it's going to start moving faster than it's good for her. That's kind of like how HCC is like doing it right now. We're like holding the door open and they're trying to like keep up and like just make more headsets. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, by the way, as I was researching Canada, um, one of the things, because Canadians are known to being quite polite in that, right? One of the things you're mm. meant to do is hold the door open for people. Like if they're out in the snow or whatever, and even if they're too far away, you're meant to hold the door open. It's like, it's a thing. But and the, the person is going to like struggle to like get through the snow still in order for you to like not feel annoyed. Yeah, but you just have to say, come on, don't worry, Mr. and Mrs. Vive, come here. I'll let you in. <laughs> but culturally there, like it's a big deal if you should close the door in someone's face. So uh, there you go. Pro tip from Zim for Canada. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. 
All right, I think that was all for uh, the news uh, for this week. So I guess it's time for Zim to tell us what we probably shouldn't be playing this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is funny that we've gotten there. It's like just past seven o'clock here in the UK. Uh, I don't remember the last time we got through that bit that fast. So uh, we should Good probably point. we should send these boys off to uh, getting puppies and whatever uh, again sometime. This is funny. <laughs> Although I was saying a rowdy, it would have been uh, would have been nice to show the ladies behind us. Uh, you know, bring his lady on, bring my lady on, but um, <laughs> we'll see if that we can ever make that work. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, releases. So, so first on, and a game that I had fun playing before because it reminded me very much of a game that I love and know dearly. Free Diver, Triton Down, the extended cut, has yes. launched for Oculus Quest and PSVR. So that's pretty cool. I like this like simultaneous Oculus Quest and PSVR catch-up because uh, this actually launched last May, 30th of May 2019, for PC VR. Uh, and actually, it's discounted quite heavily on PC. So if you're interested in a short yet traumatic uh, underwater experience, then Freediver Triton Down is available on PC VR for $9 or £6. Um, on Quest and PSVR, it'll set you back $14 or £11. Um, this is by Archeat. They've done a several cool games, and uh, in Freediver, you plunge into a capsizing research ship, the Triton, where survival means outmaneuvering the water's lethal surge. And you're basically leaking underwater. You're going down. <laughs> so I'm really glad the PSVR players have gotten this along with Quest. I think it's something that um, will give people a nice... Uh, uh, it's like a palate cleanser, a little taster of yeah. uh, what Subnautica is like. I love Subnautica. And also, it's it's so immersive because I, I noticed, I, I haven't played it that much, but I mm. noticed that I would be like holding my breath when I was like going underwater, like yeah. just naturally. as a reflex. Like. Yeah, naturally, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, like and a lot of people say this, and I, I absolutely support this, like in comments on both uh, on both platforms, Steam and Oculus Home, People are saying to make it more immersive because the game doesn't have you holding your breath for more than a minute, actually hold your breath when you have to hold your breath in the game. And I did that for the entire length of the game. And it's totally doable. And it makes you panic because it gives you that, like, I need oxygen thing. It's really... I don't know if that's healthy, though, Sim. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Depriving it's yourself from oxygen? Like, yeah, sure. It's good because, like, even if you black out, your body will naturally, you know, fill you back up with oxygen again. <laughs> I know this why because I had a uh, I had a high school buddy who was a bit odd and he used to like hold his neck like this hold his breath and then head between his knees and he'd pass out and he wake and then he wake up again you can't kill yourself that way it's I think it's uh, technically impossible so yeah um, but you can kill brain cells with that though you can kill brain cells with alcohol too so you know people are fine with that <laughs> everyone's got their own pleasure some have horror games some have Pikachu um, but yeah Triton down so I played that through uh, it's a bit short. And I think the, uh, just to put it out there, like the disappointing thing for me about the game was you don't actually get off the ship. Like, that's it. Like, you're just, so yeah. it's like Subnautica, but you don't get to go explore the world. Um, but as I said, like, it, it is a good, uh, short, intense game. And if you're looking for something like that, at the moment, there's nothing else like it really on on, on Quest. Yeah. So uh, PSVR, I'm trying to think, is there anything underwater that you can think of, Rowdy? Underwater PSVR games? Um, yes. T Time Machine VR? Oh, that's so shite. 
Yeah, that's horrible. I think that is uh, on PlayStation as well. Yeah, I do not recommend that game. Uh, the only other one that I'm thinking of is the Angry Birds um, kind of like teamwork simulator game. I haven't played it myself. Played it's that. the submarine one. It was like Angry Angry Birds uh, submerged. That's in VR as well? Yeah, it's one of those. It's like, um, well, I could call it a squirrel game for my kids. Um, it's like Akron in terms of its setup. And basically oh. you have a player in VR who's like the captain of the sub. And then you have players who are like collecting parts and stuff under the ocean. So that's another cool thing. I need to go back and play that actually. Uh, Jupiter <laughs> and Mars. Thank you, uh, gaming science teacher. That is another one where you're playing two dolphins. It's weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Weird weird game, that one. It's a bit like um, Echo, the dolphin in VR, if you know that game. That's another old okay. one from ages ago. Uh, PSVR Worlds, Shock Attack. Shark Attack, good point. Yeah, good point, good point, good point. They're not just those, like, uh, Abzu, not VR. Yeah, that's not quite VR. Although that, yeah. it's a good-looking game. I actually bought it for Switch, and I don't like it. <laughs> but I'm still playing through. Yeah. Uh, Astrobot underwater levels. Thank you, PD. Yeah, fair enough. You got me. Rec Room Isle of the Skull has an underwater level. Thank you, Furniture Reality. Um, okay, apparently all games have underwater levels. Apparently all games are completely wrong. (laughs) Completely wrong. This is uh, not unlike our podcast. So, all right, next game I want to show you. uh, This one's an artsy one, and this caught my eye. Uh, A game that's just gotten its full release. It's called Museum of Other Realities. Now, quite a good looker. Uh, PC VR and Windows Mixed Reality Support on Steam. It's £20.15 by MOR Museum Inc., Uh, Just landed after a long beta period, uh, 26th of February. Uh, The Museum of Other Realities is an immersive multiplayer art showcase in virtual reality. Um, It's a space to connect, share, and experience a growing collection of mind-bending VR art with others. Step into a painting, surround yourself with fantastic sounds, experience art with your friends as it evolves and takes form. This museum contains a growing collection of interactive art and experimentation supporting artists who are challenging and redefining what is possible with VR art. This is absolutely a blossoming space and something that I find very interesting. Um, Steam reviewer Cyber Spoonman says, I don't write many reviews, but this is something really special. It's only an alpha in this state at the time of his review. And even though there's a limited amount of material in the galleries, you can see how amazing this idea is and where it will continue to go. Uh, for those who aren't able to see the video that's streaming at the moment, um, it is a really interesting selection of art. It's not just like old in the same style or genre. Um, very colorful. Some are like comic books. Some are um, like paintings. Um, and it's moving as well. Yeah, like, it's all moving. It's, very... it's not. It's like it, it's not. It's it's far beyond tilt brushes is how I would describe it. Something more like um like the under presents. Uh, mm. interactive multiplayer environment um, that you can experience. And as I said, it's about $20. So not unreachable either. That one nice. landed on PC VR and Windows Mixed Reality. So thought that was a good spot. I, again, I, I tend to like these things that are a little bit off the beaten path. Um, and I found that to be particularly interesting. Actually, before we transition on, I will run a uh, one more little... Um, there was a, actually a meetup about... About nine months ago, uh, a couple of the artists got together, um, and they got together in uh, the the museum. Uh, and oh, so they cool. so they were they were kind of stepping through the world of some of the other artists and actually you know experiencing that. So I'm running a video of that just to show you like one of these things. It actually, reminds me of um, of the horror game we were talking about earlier in that yeah. kind of cel shaded cel shaded experience. You know? 
lies beneath. Looks a little bit kind of like that. So just wanted to give you a flavor of what it was like if you were to put the hard, hard-earned bucks towards something a bit artsy. You know, there you go. So nice. um, that's two of them. We got two more here for you. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, the next one is 11 Table Tennis VR. Um, and if you are already, you think, saturated um, in these kinds of games, then uh, shame on you. Shame on you. There's plenty of room in the world for sport uh, and good sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little uh, <clears throat> intelligence test here with Rowdy. Let's see how he fares. Oh, no. Marco. Polo. Ping. Pong. Now say my name. My name? No, it was Heisenberg, <laughs> you fecker. <laughs> you said no. say my name, so my name. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, in the say my name, oh my God, what am I doing? The, the audio listeners are like, what, what, what tangent are these guys on? Um, <laughs> you were supposed to say Heisenberg, and then I'd say, you're goddamn right, right? And that was a famous part of Breaking Bad uh, in, later in, in, okay. in, in the season. You might not know that. Maybe you haven't seen it. Yeah. Only so, watched the first season. It's fine. But actually, that, uh, that cheeky, my name, uh, is, was the top comment on that video. So maybe you did win. Maybe you did. <laughs> <laughs> you won the internet. So what we're talking about here is a ping pong game um, that is now landed on Oculus Quest. It is a ping pong simulator. So um, very similar to other uh, ping pong games that we've seen land, uh, it allows you to play ping pong with people, um, which is which is nice. Uh, it works very well, haptics and all that. But I really like to. I really like the particular review on Steam. I thought I would, uh, you know, just uh, just lift up here. Matt Mello, eighty-eight, writes. Uh, I've been on the beta version since the beginning. This is what real table tennis feels like. It's a perfect game for VR because of how immersive it is. If you have enough space, you're entirely moving around on your own on that table. The paddle is similar in weight to the controller. And that little haptic feedback when the ball hits makes it so real. But most important, the physics pull you into the game. When you get to a high level, the things you're able to do are essentially one-to-one with real life. If you're trying to decide between Eleven and Racket Fury, which I'm a real fan of Racket Fury, distinguishable by the robots, uh, he says, I would always recommend Eleven. It's a true simulator and some of the most impressive physics of any VR game. There you go. I do. I do think like Racket Fury is a very different game, though, compared to. Um, yeah, I would agree. This. Have you played Eleven on PC? No, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the the best, uh, like ping pong game that I've played was the one on Quest. Um, yeah, I, I forgot That's the name Fury. of that one. Is that Racket Fury? Racket Fury, the one with the robot, where like you're a robot and you can upgrade your look and all that. Is that it? Or maybe there's another one. Uh, I thought I was. I thought I summoned a different one, but Might could, one. you could be right. You could be Chat, right. Chat, tell us. Is there another? I think there's a third actually. But um, the only other one that I know is um, the one that's more like a racket ball simulator, racket NX. Racket NX is amazing. Uh, I think I meant that one. But that's yeah, not yeah. ping pong. That's got a no, great soundtrack. Uh, it works very well online. Your players are standing next to each other. Uh, but this differs. That's that's more like racket ball. Like when you're in a room and you're hitting a ball, and then someone else yeah, is yeah, rebounding yeah, yeah. it and. Back and forth, back and forth, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Very good. So, so far we've carved through Free Diver, Museum of Other Realities, and 11 Table Tennis VR. And as per Rowdy's... I, I, think, that, I think that ping pong is also, like, um, 
one of those genres that just works very well for a virtual reality headset because it's yeah. like confined to like a smaller space if you're not like you know a pro ping pong player uh, and it's and it's just fun and you, you can actually like extrapolate like those kind of movements very easily to yeah. a virtual reality headset yeah. so. like it, and the thing is that i found is like um I, I used to have a ping pong table when i was growing up and my my dad was really good yeah, at same. it so so, so taught me how, and it's something that I like really bonded to my dad about. And it's like, it's the one thing aside from racing uh, that I would be like, here, dad, have a VR headset so we can play ping pong remotely, mm. you know? Like, I'd love to yeah, do yeah. that if he was in any way not a technophobe and could work that out. But I don't think it's going to actually ever, ever happen. Um, but the games do a great job of even things like, you know, a backhand... Um, uh, slice or Spin, something like that. Slice, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, it has the ball physics worked out incredibly well that it, it it gets to feel real like very fast so nice cool um i agree with you it, but it, it's like one of the more it's one of the better buddy uh buddy games so if you have one buddy far away and you want to play a game together it's a really really good example of what you can do yeah nice right so um the 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 last one as for Rowdy's lovely intro <laughs> bizarre barber we have to show you what this is all about this is a uh, this game surprised me. Uh, when I sat down, you know, I installed the game and all that. I don't usually look at games before I stream them. Yesterday, I got into Bizarre Barber. Uh, Bizarre Barber. Uh, I thought, okay, I'll be standing there. I'll give some haircuts to some things, and it'll be all pretty much stress-free, kind of indie. No, no. Uh, the premise of the game is this, right? There are people with incredibly long necks sticking their heads out of trains that are whizzing by you, you must, under pressure and duress of several things, including, like, floating mines, uh, cut their haircuts quickly, cutting pretty much every single passenger's hair as it whizzes by you, and without cutting the necks of the fellow passengers, or poking them in the eye with your gigantic scissors. Such a weird game. And they combine this all with some eclectic jazz. So, probably the first game that I can remember featuring jazz and such a colorful palette and such a weird and the music is great though the music is great it's like so it feels like um they someone found an indie band and was like i love this (laughs) band and they're like can you do music for my game and and that's it and i've actually i've gone back to the the dev studio who gave me a key for the game and i got to stream it thank you guys um and 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 I was just like, uh, can I have the soundtrack too, please? Because the soundtrack is on sale for five quid. Oh, um, smart. And, and I think it's actually a really cool soundtrack. As I said, it's like... It's, it's hilarious. We got we got uh, <clears throat> Commander 555666 saying that Beat Shaver would have been such a fun title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beat Shaver. <laughs> oh, God. Now we've got, uh, now we've got another thing coming. But yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with Bizarre Barber. I mean, I I, I, I completed the game. Uh, I obviously didn't master every level. Um, but there's kind of, there's bosses at the end of certain levels and you have to kind of like shave them like a Chia pet. Um, but otherwise, there's a whole range of things. Like I felt like Twitter was flying at me. The, the actual Twitter bird a lot of the time mm-hmm. with a flamboyant tail. And you have to, and sometimes the birds, these are the most retarded birds ever. They're like spinning and diving up and down and you have to, cut their tails or hairs um, along with the passengers from the trains all at the same time. So I went through about, I think it was like 12 levels. Um, Took me about an hour and a half to clock the game. 
um, and it's selling at the moment for $12 or about $9.29 pounds. Honestly, for that and the music in it, um, I think it's a fair price. But uh, there you go. Bizarre Barber. Who would have thought Barber. we'd be cutting hair in 2020? But it's like one of those games that I think you do things in VR, like as a developer, do things in VR that you can't do in another format, yeah. right? That's a great well, example. Well, actually, going to a virtual hairdresser was one of my first um, immersive experiences when I was speaking to like, um, how's it called again? The uh, audio... Binaural? Uh, binaural audio. So you would have to have like a headset or like earphones or something on there. And then you would have someone who would be cutting your hair. Uh, it's like a YouTube video as well. That it's you famous. Can, you can I know it. I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's hilarious. It's one of the first time that had like such a, an immersive experience. It shows like, you know, how, what audio actually can do. Having yeah. a virtual haircut. Actually, if, and, and the thing is, those are usually um, done with a binaural microphone, which, yeah. which uh, the way the binaural microphone is set up is it actually has a, f- a physical set of basically two it's a ears. Head. It's mm-hmm. a head. And um, it's usually used by ASMR streamers like Rowdy. And, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, and they like whisper, they, uh, put a feather through the ear or whatever, you know, but the, the reason it works that way is because of the, um, displacement of the microphone elements, uh, and the shape of the ears is it nearly simulates, uh, the kind of displacement and the way the audio is captured again, feathering across your head. Cause there's some, uh, delay obviously from one mic mm-hmm. to the other mic. Mm-hmm. And if you do look up and listen to what Rowdy's talking about, which is the kind of virtual barber, the virtual barbershop, it's eerie. Like there are times yeah. in that I remember, I think the door closes or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's sometimes like when he's like buzzing and you're like, you feel it, you literally yeah, yeah, feel yeah, it. Yeah. And it's the most, and if you want to, if you want to know more about that, I think I once did a science episode on this topic as well, like on the, how audio works in virtuality. So, uh, Yep. Go and look that up. I don't know what exa- what exact episode number that one is, but uh, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Good luck finding that. <laughs> <laughs> Big digging. So I got a couple of other uh, miscellaneous bits of news before we transition mm-hmm. back to Rowdy here. So um, in somewhat sad news, uh, we did hear uh, just a couple of hours ago that Oculus uh, declined uh, platform launch for Crisis Brigade, um, uh. and they have instead asked the developer to consider Oculus Start, which is a program that's designed for individual developers. Again, kind of more indie, indie stuff. Um, So that's a little bit sad. I think, uh, again, with Mike not here uh, this week, he's there, I'm sure, stroking a puppy, maybe cleaning up some dog do, who knows. Um, (sighs) But I thought I would uh, mention that one in Mike's honor because I know he's a huge fan of Crisis Brigade. Really likes it. I like it as well. And I played it on his recommendation um, that you can play side-loaded on Oculus, uh, on Oculus Quest. But the fact that the developers aren't able to sell the game on the platform in the right way, it's kind of funny, you know? It's, uh, it's, it's weird because it's got, what, 72K downloads. Like, it's not a small number. It's like, but I, I wonder, there it must be It would be, be interesting standard. to know, like, the, the reason for, like, this kind of decline, right? Yeah, because it, yeah. I, I can't imagine it's because, like, oh, they don't think it would be popular enough because the, the figures show that, but it must no. be some kind of, like, game mechanic or something that is in there that that they don't want or that they are yeah. not keen on. Or? It's some association, I bet, because in that you're, you know, you've got hostage situations, you're sniping people. I mean, I don't know. But at the same time, we have uh, Saints and Sinners where you stab people with a, with a, with a, with a screwdriver <laughs> in the in the face. Like, 
Or a spoon? I, I don't. Why aren't there forks? Why aren't there forks in Sands and Sinners? <laughs> Why a spoon? Why? I would not grab a spoon if a zombie was coming at me, you know? I wouldn't. Uh, don't, you don't know? <laughs> yes, of course you'd be spooning. You're the guy who took one on a date, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, you think. Um, okay, other, other piece of news here. Um, this one I find very interesting. Uh, for those of you who are content creators uh, like us, uh, or those who just are developers and use the Oculus Mirror, um, very recently they launched a slight update to Oculus Mirror, which for those of you who don't already know, is a method that you can capture natively what you see, including the whole HUD and display uh, through uh, your Oculus Quest, and then you can use that with a streaming service or a program to be able That's to That's what I use this. for... All of my videos. Use Oculus Mirror, yeah. Yeah. Um, I sometimes use it. I'm kind of on and off. Um, But Oculus Mirror uh, has had a bit of an update. So a bit of a patch. Little, some settings have been tweaked. Some additional options have been uh, fed out. And what I find the most interesting is actually their website um, has changed. And the Compositor Mirror is now showing something that's very interesting. And I think, Rowdy, you'll find this cool. There are gray boxes for Oculus Go and Oculus Quest on the Compositor website as radio button selectors next to Oculus Rift. So they are planning to, this is, this is what I read into this, they are planning to do something similar to what I use, which is screen copy, um, but establish a formal Oculus Mirror uh, expansion. Yeah that is going to support Go and Quest. Because to be honest, not that complicated, I think, to set up something like what's done with ADB and screen copy. And what I read into this is probably this quarter, because this was just updated. There's a few other um, details that are listed on there, um, including some recommendations and uh, gives you some like easy ways of content uh, capture for uh, OBS, for instance, one of the most popular things. It's out there. And I think it's also interesting to, to say that OBS was given, um, uh, they're now a, what is it, a premium or a platinum basically sponsor. So mm-hmm. Facebook is dropping money at one of the largest streaming platforms as well. Uh, that was, that also landed this week. So it's interesting to see Oculus get interested in streaming. I, I, I'm glad about mm-hmm. this, of course, yeah. as a creator, making it easier and bringing those tools to the platform means we will get harmony, we'll get a toolkit that then can be used and people can, who have mm-hmm. the spirit to do it, instead of putting together hacky solutions, like yours truly, uh, you actually can get something, you know, well-composited, good quality, everything working hunky-dory, and then, you know, mm-hmm. people can actually have their content sing, which I think is an important and, thing. And do you know what is new in the Oculus Mirror? Uh, the, what the update contained or it was, it was a lot of minor stuff um, so okay. there were some uh, so for instance FOV uh, capabilities I think now you but have but that was already there no because I, I already right. changed that but like presets so like ah, it, it's more okay. guided it's more like handheld so slightly easier I went through the Oculus debug tool this uh, to just earlier today and some of the features have changed it's it's subtle uh, but mm. it is still something and it's showing that they care and it is probably yeah, the first that's, that's update in the year that we've seen. So um, I take it as a, a very positive mm-hmm. one. The other thing I wanted to highlight uh, just in terms of releases for people who are fans of multiplayer music rhythm beat games. Uh, I know we're all 
you know, waiting for beat games, uh, I guess it's Facebook's now, <laughs> Facebook's yeah. problem, multiplayer games. Uh, yesterday, we found myself playing Synth Riders multiplayer, thanks to my friend Buck3131. Uh, quick shout out to the VR Souls podcast dudes um, who recommended that uh, maybe check this out. A multiplayer update just landed. You can play with five people simultaneously, and it's cross-platform. Uh, so we were able to jump in wow. together and play this game. It, it works a little bit like, um, works a lot like Airtone, actually, in the way that it, it actually functions, you know? So Airtone is a bit like, um, I would call it, it's like you're grabbing rails and you're like, as the rails are sliding through your hands, you know, you're like <laughs> moving and stuff and it makes you move like an anime chick. This one is a little bit different in that there's two main mechanics. You basically got ball hands like uh you know you're the you're the dude from static you broke free but you still have something on your hands and you're smashing those those balls against other colored balls uh as they come at you i find it to be like a little bit faster tempo the music is very different from what you see in like beat saber or audio shield or all of the you know pistol whip all the audio games it's another solid offering yet yesterday was my first time in it um i i did particularly well when i played it and i was like wow that's awesome but uh, the, the multiplayer, you, you can actually talk to one another while you're playing the track. They've even That's got neat. really smart, like, uh, push-to-talk features. So you don't want to just be huffing, breathing, or whatever if you're huffing into your microphone. So you can, <laughs> for instance, set either trigger or grip to push-to-talk. So while you're punching things, because you don't use these buttons in the game, yeah, 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 you yeah. can just grip, and it'll let your voice through, and you can have five people in a lobby. We played with... Um, a few people, and I have a, I have a funny story from all of that, um, <laughs> which is I was I was doing great. I was beating the other people. One person dropped out. We had a lady join us. Uh, lady's name was Luigi something, and she kicked my ass. And uh, we asked the question, "Yeah, hey, what headset are you playing on? What he- what headset do you think she beat me on, Rowdy?" West, Cosmos. No. Yes. No. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were like, someone owns a Cosmos, and you're that good at this game. It was but, not. But but, a proud but maybe. Moment. But I don't know. No, I, I was gonna say maybe the uh, the the latency is is better because the wireless uh, module is more improved or whatever. Like. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, but uh, I guess it sings for the Cosmos that you can actually play a beat game like that and do well. Um, so. That is gonna. Stop I, rem- me. I remember that that one tweet when they were uh, announcing the well when they hadn't released yet the five cosmos that they uh, claimed to be um, having a better tool for tracking compared to like the inside out tracking of the rift and the uh, and the uh, uh, the quest. So maybe yeah. there's some truth to that after all. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Uh, Sub of Papa w- says w- it was w- a wait, joke. Wait, 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 wait. Wh- which cosmos? Because there are. Five of them? The, sta- the standard Cosmos. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure oh, from what okay. she said. The standard yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> but but still, um, it's like, uh, it's, it's my first time in a social VR experience running across a Cosmos in the wild. And to be bested with five players in a rhythm beat game, which I'm pretty good at those, um, I was like... Yeah, uh, my my manliness took a took a took a dive there, and uh, <laughs> I, I can tell you um, again, you know, uh, from the lady's intonation, tone, the way she presented the the cosmos thing, wasn't a joke, wasn't a joke. If you don't believe me, go listen back to the stream from yesterday. But um, uh, yeah, that was uh, a surprise. 
So with that, one final piece of release news. And again, I love covering when we hear this uh, kind of tasty, delectable uh, information. The last one, Resolution Games, uh, who I'm a big fan of, and most recently launched Akron, or as me and the kids call it, the squirrel game, where you play like an ant, a tree with apples and acorns and stuff, and a bunch of rowdy squirrels, looking at you, rowdy, uh, come and try to mess with your nuts. Um, Wait, what? What did I do? (laughs) I didn't do that, Sim. I'm trying to I'm trying to jump on him here, you know. It's, uh, it's my only chance. Uh, it's, it's very romantic here in the podcast at the moment, uh, with Nishti and Mike not here. Uh, for those wondering, uh, these 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 guys are not in quarantine or anything. Uh, Mike's got a puppy. Nathy's tending to something else, and um, we're here uh, in a candlelit dinner scenario here. If you if you if you are listening to the podcast, there is some lovely flickering candlelight. <clears throat> Rowdy and I have a glass of wine we're sharing and slowly going through the uh, podcast. I got a bits. bottle. Do you really? Here? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. What, Cheers. White wine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very white. Very white. So the last bit of news is Cookout by Resolution Games has just been announced. Um, and I love this. This is um, very cool. Cookout, a sandwich tale. Uh, I'm just going to read out what it says on the website because I think it gives the all the information that we have about this at the moment. But I can tell you right now, I'm thinking overcooked VR. So in Cookout, a sandwich tale... Players of Resolution Games' upcoming multiplayer VR game will cook their way through a wacky and whimsical adventure that requires collaboration and communication to keep the customers happy and progress through increasingly hectic levels. Reminds me there of Bizarre Barber. (laughs) But don't dish it if you can't take it, because these customers mean business. Will you have enough cooks in the kitchen to take on these wild customers, or will you bite off more than you can chew? Find out when the game goes live later this year. And so that is Cookout, a sandwich. Cookout, table. I love it. I, I can't wait. I think I think you, you played that a lot with your kids as well, no? Like I, not this specific title. We are the uh, diner duo. Yeah. yeah, I play that. I love it. Um, so to see something from Resolution coming, I'm like, hell yes, bring it now. <laughs> and um, undoubtedly, it it feels. I don't know why. It it just feels like it's going to be, <clears throat> you know, Rift Quest, Solid. PSVR. Yeah. They've listed a few things there as well in terms of, uh, you know, your email and stuff. So really happy about that announcement. Good on your resolution for giving us at least a tidbit to chew on a morsel for us to get ready for. That's one that I'm uh, super looking forward to. And so with that, um, that's the end of this week's releases and miscellaneous release-based news. Nice. We should we should put all of that in the title, like have the entire bottom of the screen like covered in text. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Right? <laughs> anyway, um, our final and main topic uh, for today is we're going to talk a little bit about the COVID-19 related uh, cancellations. Uh, there have been some concerns uh, around COVID-19, the disease caused by uh, the coronavirus. And this has caused a couple of major events um, on which we at least expected to see some VR stuff to have unfortunately been cancelled. And First, it was F8 from Facebook. Uh, might not be the most important VR event uh, that is there, but still, you know, it's coming from Facebook. It's uh, typically a place where a great deal of information is given uh, in this co- in this conference on how Facebook sees the future for VR. And I was hoping to see something at least from uh, Facebook Horizon or something like that. 
Um, however, they have announced that important information will still be made available, available because the website of F8 currently states uh, the following regarding the cancellation. Uh, so in light of the growing concerns around COVID-19, we've made the difficult dis decision to cancel the in-person component of F8 this year in order to prioritize the health and safety of our development partners, employees, and everyone who helps put F8 on. Mm. We plan to replace the in-person F8 event with locally hosted events, videos, and live streamed content. And I do think this is probably the right decision to make, but still this, like, this sucks a little bit because there's so much hype around like these kind of events and not having the event actually going on will likely be you know, a lot less just in general. And I think if there's something that VR needs in this year, it's like a lot of hype and like a lot of build around it, especially because it's been doing so well. Um, but yeah, there will still be a combo of like the locally hosted events, videos and live stream content, yeah. which is, you know, okay, I guess. It's, uh, I have, yeah, it's, it's like one of those things where I think a lot of people, I mean, yourself included, Rowdy, uh, you know, talk to people about the um, overhype of of COVID-19 and its spread and like, you know, are people mm -hmm. taking this too seriously? I mean, look at the impact it's having, right? We're having all kinds of, you know, you've got uh, cities closing their doors, transport restrictions and bans. You've got mm -hmm. countries. Um, obviously it's affecting economies. Um, oh yeah. It affects, I mean, it affects heavily the business that I work for. Uh, it, it is of, like my, my opinion on this is like, it is very serious. You know, it is a very serious uh, virus. But it's also not more than the kind of viruses that we already know. Yeah. And I still don't, like, if, if you look at the, the mortality rate of this kind of virus, it's pretty much the same uh, compared to influenza. I know in the beginning it was way higher because, you know, it wasn't known. So that, like, skews the numbers a little bit now. But the, the latest reports, they, they estimated between, well, the latest one that I read was 0.07%. Uh, but the the, mm. the other ones that are stating it's likely now to be lower than 0.05% okay. uh, of a mortality rate. So that, that's a fairly low number. That doesn't make it less dangerous because this, every year there are people dying from influenza, which has a mortality rate of roughly 0.02%. Uh, so it, it's still yeah. a very serious kind of disease yeah, but funny. at the same time like people are like overhyping this this is not like for example ebola has an, has an infection rate of 95 or 90 90 percent so that's like a, a way higher mortality rate it's so it's, the mortality is so high that infection is, is rather difficult because people like die so quickly this is the opposite like the mortality rate is very low which means that it will be able to infect a lot of people because it has an incubation period of, uh, of uh, 14 14 days as well which makes it hard to 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 uh, to stop it just in general, and I don't know if like putting all these restrictions on there is going to help with the spread of the disease because people are still going to shops, people are still going to um, travel, people are still going to do that. Yep. So I, I don't know if these kind of like limitations will actually prevent something that might already be inevitable because it's already spread across the world. Agreed. And, and the other I don't thing know is if this like going to be helping. Um, for something like this, right? I mean, it's like you can only contain it for so long. And there's also the whole concept of like pockets of this uh, hibernating or mm -hmm. being in a little, uh, being like in a little fish tank 
and then one of those hopping and then it spreads, you know? So like, what's yeah. the long-term containment plan uh, mm-hmm. six months from now, a year from now, six years yeah, from I, now? I, I, you know? don't, I don't think it will, it will disappear, but it will likely, I mean, it, 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 I don't know, of course, I don't, I don't know the future, but I think it will likely progress to be one of those diseases that will linger on for a very long time, much like, for example, influenza, uh, the yeah. regular swine flu. I think it will become, and then in, in a couple of years' time, probably a vaccine will be developed for it, and probably people will take that as well as, as, a, as a flu vaccine. Uh, I don't think it will disappear, like, for example, SARS, which is also a coronavirus, or, or, or MERS is yep. also one of them. Yep. Uh, I don't think it will disappear uh, like those did, because, again, the infection rate seems higher, and the mortality rate is also um, like consider- considerably high. So I don't I don't think that, that that it will that easily disappear. Yeah. Uh, but at yeah. the same time, like yeah, I don't know. Like uh, there are people now like bunkering up and like uh, hamstring and like yeah, I don't know. Like I find that kind of stuff a little bit like misinformed or like media hype rather than really true to the event. Even though it it is very serious. It's a very serious. It's a world spread world uh, world spread kind of epidemic. Um, but at the same time, there are also other things that could be done in order to prevent this just by informing people uh, correctly. Uh, yeah. And actually, this this brings me to the, probably the, um, in my opinion, the biggest effect. I think that, uh, again, I'm not going to blame social media, but the pervasiveness and availability of information <clears throat> is one of the most dangerous aspects of this. And actually, I think that, um, I think that, this is a good, I think we got lucky. I think, I think this is a good trial run, right? So you could have something a lot worse attacking our very netted globe. Like our globe at the moment is, in my opinion, kind of scarily connected. You have people flying country to country all the time. If there was something a lot worse than COVID-19, all of a sudden dropped out. It's like, are we ready to prepare? Are we ready to shut down our roots or, you know, somehow contain that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this shows that we're probably not that well prepared. And there's a lot of businesses that haven't thought this thing through, you know? And like no, 20 years ago, no. the, you know, the cost of a flight, the uh, ease of access uh, of that information is really the only thing that's really changed dramatically in that time. Because you people were still flying around and uh, transforming. But what happens is you have the supply chain that we all depend upon getting all of a sudden like ultra taxed because think about it this way if you get the scaremongering of the news triggering what's Mm -hmm. the burden that then happens on um business because every time one of these conferences shuts someone's losing money or not making money or not getting their product out there or people Mm -hmm. aren't able to go to work and continue you know turning the handle that they have been turning and it actually causes a, a lot a kind of a whole ripple effect of of damage and, and that's what we're seeing now it's kind of like the, the dominoes are starting to fall these mm-hmm. events are you know stopping and is that breaking in terms of the spread of um like potential epicenters for uh contact and for the spread of this thing mm-hmm. actually going to have any material effect in the positive well in the meantime yeah. the news is acting like a um billow for the fire and the thing is just flaring up and people are going to start, right? Like if you get scared of this stuff, what are you going to do? You're probably going to go, I'm going to go stock up on, you know, a bunch of food or I'm going to go stock up on, 
you know, that kind of thing, like what they do in advance of like a hurricane or something, but on mm -hmm. a global scale. And we're not, we're not prepared for that kind of all mm -hmm. of a sudden spike of supply. We're not. It's the same thing that happens at the banks um, mm -hmm. about 10 years ago, is that it, everyone wanted just, to pull their money out and the money's yeah. not there because banks have yeah. to lend that money out. Like, yeah. It's just yeah. like the, the general kind of like misinformation that seems to be out there that kind of like, like triggers me a little bit. Uh, like, like, for example, I, I read not that long ago that 38% of Americans uh, would not drink Corona beer anymore because they, they thought <laughs> for some reason it was connected. I'm like... Like what, what? What kind of like mindset do you need to have in order to like to, to do something like that? But like, I know that Corona has been struggling a little bit with like uh, that they've seen a serious drop in their in their uh, in their sales. Of course they have. Um, of course they have. Which yeah. which in a way makes sense, but at the same time, like it should it shouldn't you know like it shouldn't have anything to do with with one another. Um, I don't know. It, it's just it's it's weird that kind of stuff can like uh, really trigger but these that, kind of things. That, 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 that association. It's so funny. It's like oh. You know, it's named the same. Therefore, I got to stay away from it. I mean, yeah. But at the same time, I, I think what, what people should be doing is just get the right information. And uh, the only way to contain this is by uh, by prevention and making sure that people get informed well. So yeah. I do think that like like canceling a, an, an event like F8 is probably the right decision to make at this point because we don't know how far it's spread. Yeah, like, I agree. Uh, once we have more information, then you can probably make a more rational decision on whether you should do it or not. But at this point in time, because we don't know, for example, I know in Italy, one person managed to infect 150 other people. So that's like an enormous kind of number. If you know, if every person starts infecting 150 kinds of people, then, um, you know, it, it'll be world, worldwide in no time. Um, but at the same time, like, people shouldn't also make it more than what it actually is. Um, even though it's serious, yeah. it's, it's, it's not as serious as like, you know, as some people may, might make you believe. <laughs> On your statistic, we got, a, we got a feedback from Swift and Deadly, who said, first off, that is a bullshit survey. Who exactly do you think answered that thing? And to be <laughs> honest, that is exactly the kind of thing that you see on Facebook that's like totally fake news or whatever. But at yeah. the same time, um, Sadly, and again, being half American, I was born there and grew up there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, uh, but it's not just the U.S. It's just like, unfortunately, we've had a few administrations in the states that have um, not, let's see, uh, reflected well on the American population as a whole. I think you know, it's, we have those pockets everywhere. Every country has its people who don't mm -hmm. fact check or think for themselves and just believe what they read and all that kind of stuff. So. It's rather just a talking point, you know, but um, I, yeah, it, it's a funny thing to be in caught in the middle of all of this. It heavily affects me in my uh, day job. Actually, I'm responsible in what I do outside of VR uh, for continuity business. So it's like, it's, it's a, um, it's a big deal for me. It's been taking up like half my week, just preparing mm. a couple of different sites globally for, uh, for this. And it gets you thinking in a different way. Like, what do we have to do? Yeah. Are we ready? Do we have the right uh, set up what's going to happen with people who supply us what we what we need from them um, I, I read it by the way on the on CNN uh, that's where I, I read it that poll I, on CNN yeah yeah definitely uh, but it wasn't news. I don't are you not I, listening to Trump no sorry. <laughs> but I mean like, like uh, I don't I don't know I don't know who performed the, the survey of course but uh, yeah. they did a survey encompassing uh, 737 beer drinkers in the United States yeah um, 
But it's um think of it what you want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, but like, where do where do we go from here, right? So we we've got a virus that's that's spreading, and it has a mortality rate attached to it, and people, you know, the news agencies are going crazy with it. And the interesting thing we're seeing on uh, YouTube, as I think Mike mentioned before, is every time you mention coronavirus, the monetization and the advertising side gets canceled basically for your video, which, uh, you know, we took the uh, design decision for this conversation to say, feck it, we're just going to talk about it openly because it's fecking news and that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, um, And we're not, you know, this isn't the, the main priority of this podcast is to have open, con- candid conversations about topics, whether they're easy or difficult to talk about. And this one, I think people are going to be in various different modes of thinking um, mm-hmm. and, and different modes as well in terms of maturity of the information that they've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, only thing that I would say as a kind of a like, hey, prime yourself. If you're a gamer and you enjoy games and you want to learn a little bit about uh, disease and how it spreads and all that, why not? It's not a VR game, but why not go play Plague Inc.? Plague Inc. is uh, a a game that actually the last time we were talking about the whole coronavirus COVID-19 thing, um, I was flashing a video of it. So you guys might have already seen a little bit, but it basically it's available on mobile devices. I actually played it three weeks ago. So sorry, guys, I might have kicked off this whole disease thing. But um, you you start off and you basically try to design a uh, a, like a biohazard uh, of some nature, some virus. And then you kind of you work on it, you upgrade your virus and it spreads country to country and Mm -hmm. you end up trying to kill the planet. But the Mm -hmm. cool thing is the infection rate, the mortality rate, um, uh, the kind of effect of vaccines from certain countries, the shutdown of travel, like all of that is simulated in this game. It's quite an old game. I think it's from even the 90s -hmm. um, originally, but a very famous game uh, and fun to play. And I think you would be able to, you know, educate yourself a little bit in some of the terms. Mm -hmm. And I got to be honest, having played that game, and uh, our company is a, a, a global corporation, and I, I've re- received a lot of uh, very interesting kind of fact sheets and stuff like that from our analysts out in Asia. And it's like very interesting to see those curves now, like in real life, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. about something that's actually happening, and kind of taking that understanding and and mirroring the two. So to me, they actually banned it in China. They banned what? Plague Inc. They took it from, uh, you're, not, you're, not, you're not allowed to play that game anymore. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do that with European and American markets. Like, this is the thing. People are, like, worried about the hype engine causing damage. And I, I think that's the right thing, mm. a right way of thinking, I'm they, afraid. They, because... They're just scared that everyone is going to move to Greenland, I think. <laughs> <laughs> let's go find an island. Like, let's go move to Madagascar yeah. or something. But uh, I, think, I think the real danger is, uh, is in, like, you know, what is going to happen with this virus? You know, what is this virus going to going to become like is it is it going to become like a you know a worldwide spread epidemic is it going to turn into something like SARS and going to disappear eventually is it yeah. going to go more like swine flu uh, or is it going to mutate into something that is you know even more dangerous uh, than it already is huh? like that's i think that's what that the reason why they're trying to do so much prevention because you know the more people get infected the more chance of a of mutation. mutation is it as well yeah. so uh, I, I think that is where of course you know, again, like these are all like kind of scenarios that are doom scenarios that will, that will, time will tell. That's the only thing I can say. Yeah. But uh, in the end, F8 got canceled and also now GDC got canceled after Microsoft, Unity, Epic, Amazon, Facebook, and Sony uh, all pulled out and they also released a statement. However, interestingly enough, uh, GDC did not mention uh, COVID-19 in any uh, kind of form. 
which makes me think that this is rather um, due to the partners that are pulling out rather than that they want to do, you know, something about uh, trying to prevent the uh, the spread. It's probably probably because there were a lot of people pissed that they paid so much money for a ticket and then all of the major partners would not be there. But they do fully intend on hosting a GDC events later in the summer. So there's that. They also uh, provide refunds for um, for those kind of people. And I believe even if you booked a hotel in the conference um, location itself, mm. you'll be able to, uh, to get a refund too. But flights and anything that is booked outside of that center, of I don't think that is going to be refunded. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's the thing. So again, it's like, it, you know, people are traveling less um, and stores are, you know, lighter. Some people have noted that like malls and things like that are seeing, you know, less footfall. It's just the effect of this. And um, it's it's really the the kind of business impact of this kind of news dropping that's the real uh, effect of something like this. But I think there's some positives. So positives are you're thinking through the scenarios and you're getting prepared. Um, mm. Positive is uh, people turn to virtualization. So yeah. for meetings and things like that, like our company, right? We got travel restrictions on all these different uh, countries where you can't travel into or out from. And generally, people are now using video conferencing. And actually, if you want to get a more, you know, um, realistic kind of environment to, to, to hang out with people, I, I think, you know, that it's a, it's a shame that right now there aren't business tools available for people to connect in virtual reality and have those meetings, you know, and connect with people, suppliers or whatever in a more present way when you can't fly there and have a conversation in person. Because there there really isn't anything to replace like human to human contact, but at least VR does a good job of like stepping towards that. Like webcams really don't completely do it. Don't completely yeah, do it, you know. That's true. Also, like a little bit of good news that I read uh, regarding the virus itself is that um I believe they already managed to identify one of the transporter units um, and that it was uh, linked or the same transport, transporter unit as it was in, in SARS. Um, so it, it's likely that there is like a, a link between the two kind of viruses, which will, of course, help research a lot because it will help them understand the uh, the mechanism of, 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 of causing it. You're going to have to help break that down for me. Simpleton Zim here. What, when you say transporter, what do you mean? Is it like... Um you know, a ca- like that's I don't the know carrier the exact- on which. Yeah, okay. it's 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 in that kind of like uh, scenario that I that I imagine as well. I'm I'm no virologist by any means, but uh, like a virus has a certain profile or a certain mechanism of like how it infects or how what it does to you. Yeah. Um, and if if parts of that mechanism match other viruses, then it can be categorized into like a certain method of action. Like, for Got example, it. you have a coronavirus okay. that is like SARS, MERS, and now this one as well, which, by the way, is called, I think it's called SARS-CoV-2, SARS-CoV-2. I think that's how the official virus is named. Okay. Because um, uh, COVID-19 is the, is the name of the disease that it's, it, it causes. It's not the name of the, uh, of the virus, actually. Um, We're getting proper scientific now. Nearly, <laughs> nearly dovetailing into a into a rowdy science. Yeah, no, no, no. We're, we're not. We're not going to do. It. I just read up on it uh, a little bit today. Yeah, um, but yeah, th- that is a good thing because I-, I think the best thing that people can do right now is just uh, you know take your precautions. Uh, don't do anything drastic like bunkering in or hamstring. I don't think that that yep. will help in any way. Uh, but wash your hands, avoid physical contact uh, if unnecessary, and 
Um, no let sex the with strangers. Job. Please reduce the amount of sex with yeah, strangers. Yeah, you, you can do as much as... <laughs> Go to town. No, I, I actually think that a um, c- couple of the things that I heard, which are, are uh, interesting tips, but again, we got these globally and I think they're kosher. Um, yeah. One of them is <clears throat> not to allow your esophagus, uh, your throat to dry out. So drink water regularly so that the apparently the virus, um, the airborne aspect of it, uh, if, you, if, it, if it's stuck to the back of your throat, basically, and you wash it down, it'll be killed by the bacteria in your stomach. That was tip number one. Tip number two is... To self-analyze whether or not you have been infected, it's a breathing test where you breathe in for uh, 10 seconds, you hold your lungs, um, and if you feel a like a stickiness in your lungs, um, uh, what do they call that? Uh, metastasis, I think. Um, maybe I've got the wrong... Metastasis. No, I think I've got the wrong term. <laughs> Sorry, I've got, I've got the wrong term. But basically like the hardening of the lungs. So... Uh, You'll you won't feel like your your uh, lungs being soft and pliable uh, after mm. ten seconds holding your breath. And if if you notice that, then you should check your, get yourself checked out. That's um, one of the other tips that we heard. Oh, we were informed globally. So that. yeah, I, again, it, I don't know if it'll help anybody. Um, the only other thing that I would say, because I've been in this situation before, I was in London when we had the grounding of all the planes um, related to the ash that went into the clouds because of the Greenland uh, volcanoes that had triggered, and then all the planes were grounded. The problem, like what we had in 2008 with the banks, um, where, again, people are like, oh, the banks are blowing up. Let me go get my money. And then the banks are like, well, we don't have all your money to give because that's not how banking works. Usually they hold whatever, 10 percent, 50 percent of that, like in cash, and then the rest they're working with. Right. Um, So everyone's drawing their money out. And then the banks are like closing their doors like you can't have your money because we don't have cash to give you. And it caused this whole problem. Um. We could have that with a supply chain for food if people go really nutty. So the only thing that I would say is, yeah. uh, you know, keep some yeah. food around. Don't don't empty your fridge completely. Like, just be smart. I don't expect I don't say, like, go fill up a warehouse. But at the same time, just be intelligent and just, like, yeah. keep an eye on what people's behavior yeah. is. Because people's exactly. behavior and the kind of pervasiveness of information traveling is probably the biggest threat out of all of this for the mm-hmm. for the moment, you know, until we hear more. And I, and I still think if you if you if you want to be careful uh, when you come in, you wash your hands. Before you eat, you wash your hands. Um, just do those kind of things after physical contact. Wash your hands, and uh, I think that's the most you can do. <clears throat> after a podcast, wash your hands. After you always need to wash your hands after this podcast <laughs> and your ears. In certain parts <laughs> hands of your the body. Table. Hands above the table. Hands above the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah. I, I think I think this is a good point to to finish this one off. Um, I think we covered all of the of the all of the week's news. Uh, we talked about the cancellations of GDC and F8, the XR2 headset, the 11 headsets from HTC, the acquisition from uh, Sansaru Games, as well as the update to the Oculus Link. So, if there's any questions uh, still remaining, it is the time to drop them now in the chat while I still go over the showtime. So, this is a VR, AR, and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel <coughs> or smash that like button as it would really help us out. So, questions? Let's see, what do we got? Uh, well, Wado said, damn it, shook my car dealer's hand twice today. 
<laughs> twice. Twice. Why would you shake why, why? your... Yeah, why? Twice? That seems odd. There's, some, there's something going on there. Now, I think, I, th- I think, I really do think that bunkering in, uh, and not maybe the, rowdy, the way Rowdy mentioned it, but like, it's a good, it's a good excuse to stay home and play some VR, you know? Get those games done. You got Asgard, Sinners, or I fully support that. Skyrim, you know, if next month we're all just stuck at, at home, I'm finishing Skyrim, dudes. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you know, if the internet goes down, you know, I'm gonna get a butcher knife and just start slaying everybody down the street. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Skyrim taught me well, and so did Saints. Um, anyway, when will Pistol Whip release on PSVR? No clues. So yeah, uh, no idea mm-hmm. on that one. Uh, Frederick Simmons says, taking bets on this, how long before someone takes this virus, changes it a little, so it doesn't change much, but it's no longer detectable, then releases it at another unstable time. This is another thing that we didn't talk about, but I'm kind of interested in in thinking about it. It's like, okay, was this biological warfare? Like, did this escape from a lab? (laughs) You know, or is this, how do do you know this is or isn't? Is there any, uh, I need a virologist in here. We need to get a virologist in here to say so. But like, the way I think about it, as I said before, is like, the world is really heavily connected right now. Like flights, people flying everywhere, you know, relatively open borders. Um, And I don't think that that should change. But I do think that, you know, if some mad man or woman out there is designing a bioweapon, like, it's not a nice thing to think about. But um, it's a scary future if if that was ever to happen to us all. Thank God it's not the bubonic plague, you know what I mean? Because that was nasty shit. I was about to say, if someone would want to use this as a as a bioweapon, I think they would make the mortality rate a bit higher. higher. Well, no, yeah, exactly. Which is why I, I actually think that this is a good um, test of our preparedness. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of, a, it's one of those themes that like, you don't really want to have to talk about it. Um, mm. you, you would also love to just stay in VR. I mean, I, and I, I'm not experiencing it. those kind of things, so I can't, I can't really comment on those kind of things. But I mean, there, there are probably several things that I could like, I, I would have serious questions about about like some like conspiracy theories like that because what's often with these kind of, kind of like conspiracy theories is that they're a little bit too fantastic yeah. um like yeah i don't know not not an expert on that yeah well i don't think this one is but it was more about like um you know if they would modify it but it, it's really it's really not that easy to do that no yeah i mean but- it, it is easy to modify a virus but into a a way that it would turn into like I'm not an expert again. I was going to say, right. these, these are gamers listening. A lot of them. They like yeah. challenges. One or two of them might be psycho. <laughs> I, I don't want to challenge anyone. I will make that, it so in yeah. my lab. Just <laughs> tweak it. Give it hairy legs and wings. and Fly, my monkeys. Fly. Right. And with that, uh, rip monetization. I agree. F reality. Thank you for the... I do, uh, know, I do for, know for one thing that um, the, the reason why we're seeing much more of these kind of like viruses, it has yeah. to do with bats. With bats? Uh, actually, yeah, bats. Fucking Batman. Um, I knew it. No, the, the reason why that is is because, um, especially in like like countries like like China, where you have a lot of like overpopulation, the natural habitat from the bats is often very close to the human environment. And because humans keep on expanding, expanding, we keep on going into their natural environment. They become much more into contact with humans um, than that they do. And the thing about bats is that they have a ho- higher body temperature. So yeah. they have a body temperature of 41 degrees, which is about um, the same as what we have when we have a very high fever. A lot of the old viruses that we used to have, when we started getting feverish, it was a, a body reaction in order to kill the virus. 
but because these viruses are bred into bats, which have a body temperature of 41 degrees, our temperature can't go that high in order to kill the virus, which means that it can actually survive the fever. And that is one of the reasons why we see more and more of these like heavy resistant super bacteria, super viruses actually coming up. And it actually has to do with, with bats and yeah. the natural habitat of, of bats. God damn it. I love you, Rowdy. <laughs> love this guy. Love this guy. All right. Likes if you liked it. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week when we got our buddies back. So um, thanks to everyone for joining what has been an absolutely lovely duo with my main man, Rowdy. <laughs> All right. See you all next week. Bye-bye.